You guys gonna stop talking? Is that what's gonna happen now? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just concerned I went too far. Awkward time. <laughs> that's fine. We'd uh, never go too far on this podcast. No, that's not something With that we teasing do. Teasing people and <laughs> no, not something that we it's do. Definitely not one of our main shticks. <laughs> I'm wondering if Christy's that's gonna get approval. Like, I'm trying to figure out if that's going to noise gate itself out when I edit later. Like, when I yeah, just a filter, well, or if that's just going to go out. Just yeah, it's just going to be silence. Purring. I'm going to have to, like, leave her file unaltered so that that groan comes through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode 118. I'm Mark. I'll be hosting this week. I am here with Groaning Christy for some reason. Hello. Is that, like, the cousin of Moaning Myrtle? <laughs> Groaning Christy, moaning Myrtle. <laughs> moaning, <laughs> moaning Myrtle is a uh, uh, even though she is a ghost, so I guess technically you can't be a sex offender as a ghost, but she is. Oh yeah, she sexually assaulted Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> should should be more like molesty Myrtle, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a sex offender. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's on a registry somewhere. That one. So that's that's <laughs> awesome. Afterlife. So yeah, basically, like the ghost, the ghost. Uh, that's know, you that's, that's a new concept I want to see. I want to see like Ghostbusters SVU. Like <laughs> oh shit, here we go. <laughs> a oh, I know what comic I'm writing this week. A mashup of like Ghostbusters uh, going after like ghost sex offenders, like ghost like Chris Maloney. Maloney, Chris Maloney with a proton pack just and, screaming at ghost rapists. And, and like stuff? yeah, like, like is that yeah, what we're like Patrick for? Swayze like uh like raping people when he possesses them in ghost and hey man like that. let's not speak of the dead all right you know like well, he's, his character. he passed away I'm yeah not right. talking, i don't think that patrick swayze's actual ghost is going is a rapist possessing like, and raping people. <laughs> oh that's a we don't know though we can't i mean allegedly we can't actually confirm or deny that because we don't really know this is true <laughs> is this us going really too far fast now fast farter <laughs> yeah i went like I went sideways really real quick. really fast Downroads. You heard it first, folks. Ghostbusters SVU. Trademark Dance Robot Dance. There it is. Uh, also, I'm obviously here with Tim as well. Tim's here, so say hello. Tim's here. Yes. Apparently coming up with show ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and it's insane show ideas that, you know, basically need to be on, like, Skinamax or something weird. Yeah, it's an HBO show for sure. Very, that's an HBO show. <laughs> Let's get into the news, because uh, there's not a lot, so we can blaze through it real quick. Unless t- Tim's probably got 15 things that I didn't catch. But no, it was pretty weak news, news week. It was a pretty slow oh, no, news, news week this week. Yeah. First things first, Castlevania Season 2 came out on Friday, which was very exciting, because eight whole new episodes. And it's pretty good. I watched all of it this weekend. So did my I don't know if you guys... No, I yeah. still need to watch the first season of that. I imagine it's probably like they're only like 20 minute episodes, right? So I could probably burn through it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I cut through. There's it was four episodes in the first season, 22, like 20 minutes a piece. And then the same thing in the second season, except for eight episodes a piece or eight episodes of 25 minutes or whatever. Um, yeah. I cut through it in like two days. Like, and that was, I was busy all weekend too. So like, I, like it didn't take a lot of time. So there's yeah, that. Um, it was pretty good though. I enjoyed it. So if you're a yeah, Castlevania fan. Things. Yeah, I would, I would, I would seek it out if I was a Castlevania fan, and I am because I also bought the uh, the re-release Symphony of the Night this week for PlayStation Four, and I bought that too because nice. I'm a whore for that game. So there's that. That was like your number one game, wasn't it? From our, game it's my favorite game of. It's absolutely my favorite game of all time. So I'm like, I actually started playing it again today. I finally, like, I finally had a chance to sit down, and do other things, and I was playing it today. I'm almost done it already. I can run through that game and like six hours i think total and like completely cleared out yeah it's fun though i love Speaking it Speaking of uh vintage games and and games with like really good soundtracks i know mark what you watch a like a little bit of uh stephen colbert like the monologues and shit like that 
I do. I will check the monologues out like at the end of the week if there's anything entertaining going I on. I do so, every yeah. day. Uh, Jean Baptiste on that show, like not necessarily recently, but like the last couple of months, every once in a while, he's been dropping like classic video game like soundtrack songs into yeah. like in, in the fillers and stuff like that. Like on his new album, he has a track that's Green Hill Zone from the very first Sonic oh, game. Nice. Uh, and there have been other Sonic tracks. There was um, Saria's song, like the Lost Forest song from uh, yeah. Ocarina of Time. He did once, and I, yep. I was like, "This is fucking bizarre." <laughs> The uh, that's kind of it's almost like a tradition in that building because the uh, the old band like the Paul Schaefer band when it was the Letterman show in that building like in the Ed Sullivan Theater um, used to do like covers as intro and outro like you would get I remember there was a week where like and the only reason I remember this because it was Pearl Jam related obviously but like they did this kind of stuff where like for a week Letterman was singing black every night so they started using it as like a in a, like an intro and outro kind of bit like they would play a little chunk of it coming in and out yeah and like on the friday or whatever ed came out and like sang the song for him nice. like with the paul schaefer band like just because he kept hearing that it was happening like letterman had been talking about the song all week or whatever yeah, yeah. so that's kind of like a tradition i guess in the it's Sullivan theaters like doing cover stuff to kind of go in and out of commercial breaks and yeah. whatever it's just so weird to see like and it's really cool that they're doing yeah. the video games see like yeah vintage gaming culture sort of cross over into mainstream media like that oh. Well, those guys are nerds, man. Like Colbert's a giant fucking nerd, right? Yeah. So he's probably he probably played all those games. You know, I'm guessing more John Baptiste. I don't think uh well Colbert's much of a video game guy, but I don't know. He's not that much older than us. Like you could you never know like what people are into. Past fifty. Is yep. he really past fifty? Yeah, he's got like he's got like college age kids. Oh, I thought he was in his forties. I know John like I knew John was older. Like I knew he was in his fifties, almost sixties now. But. Yeah. I didn't know Colbert was that old. All right, fair enough. Well, moving on, Wonder Woman 84 has been delayed by like seven months. Yeah, I, I'm guessing they just don't want to put it up against fucking Avengers 4 at this point. That's probably a smart call. The smartest thing they can possibly do is get like six months of the fuck away from Avengers because that's going to... I mean, look what that did to all the other movies that came out this summer. With the exception of Deadpool, which almost kind of like fed into like the aftermath of Avengers. Like we needed Deadpool to kind of like cut the tension yeah. almost yeah. after Avengers. Actually, but like, I guess it's not even Wonder Woman. Sorry, go, go ahead. Nah, I was just going to say like, I don't, Wonder Woman was probably not the exact, not the same kind of movie and probably is better being way removed and on its own somewhere else in the schedule. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to think, no, I think what it is is that uh, they don't want to, I think it's that Joker movie is going to be coming out like October next year. And then that Wonder Woman Ugh. movie would have been coming out like the month after. So I guess they don't want it to get in the way of that Joker movie. See, they cast a Bruce Wayne and a Thomas Wayne for it that did, movie. did, yeah. So, like, they're not, like, I, well, I, I, all right. I almost, I, I, I feel you. I would rather just have it be like a Joker, no Batman whatsoever yeah. kind of thing. But, yeah, exactly. Well, which still makes no sense because, like, there shouldn't be a Joker with that. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> like, that's, anyway, we'll move along because <laughs> otherwise I'm just going to get into a rant and who, who cares. The head writer of Rick and Morty is developing a new animated Star Trek show that is based on the lower decks. And like the description I read in the article was that it is going to be the, it's going to be the support staff on the shittiest ship in Starfleet. <laughs> so like, it's gonna be like the lower decks crew on like, like basically like a transport ship or something yeah. like that. So as far removed from the glitz and glamor of a flagship, like the enterprise as yeah. possible. That sounds like the people great. who do replicator maintenance. And I'm like, from the guys who do Rick and Morty, this sounds amazing to me. It sounds like a uh, C Lab twenty twenty one reboot is what the fuck it sounds like. Hey man, in the Star Trek universe, why do you not want that? No, I'm I not saying that. I don't want it. Like that oh, sounds okay. like fun, but that sounds like basically what this is going to w- would end up being. 
and I love Lab Twenty Twenty One. Yeah, C Lab was fucking awesome. So yeah. this is gonna be great. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I mean that's good. You never know. Like I mean, because it, it's not um, it's not Justin or uh, what's his name? Oh, God, I can't remember Dan his Harmon. name. Dan Harmon. It's another guy um, whose name I can't recall right now. I it is uh, Mike McCann. Yeah, Mike McCann. Mike, Mike yeah, McCann. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, so he's the head writer um, on the show. So he's the one who's leading this, but like, still, I mean, he's the head writer, so he obviously works with those guys, which could mean those guys could get dragged along. You never know. Like, you could end yeah. up with like a, a, a Justin or Dan Harmon Star Trek episode at some point down the way. So, yeah, absolutely. See, if they just waited, like, they could have given Seth MacFarlane a show in here and he could have had Orville be one of these things as opposed to like, <laughs> jerking him around and then him going and doing his own thing so yeah because that's kind of what they did because he wanted to do a show and they were like no we don't want you to do a show and now he's got like a hit show in Norville. so <laughs> it's interesting do you have anything on that no i'm yeah. i'm I, I think it sounds like a fun idea uh the only thing is i mean i guess it doesn't necessarily need to be like in continuity or whatever but it would be yeah. interesting to see like if they do stick it in a particular continuity like if they make it like classic trek era kind of thing because i feel yeah. like that's really where that sort of camp lives yeah yeah so i don't know there's i mean trek is a a franchise that like for all its self-seriousness still has a fair chunk of camp in it even to like maybe not discovery so much but like up to and including enterprise like there was some goofy shit in all of the series yeah Yeah. because even deep space nine had the ferengi and stuff like that like as yeah like serious as that show in in quarks and yeah Yeah, like for everything that like as serious as that show was like even tng right like we all we talk about how like voyager had helix voyager's basically a cartoon so there's that too (laughs) um but yeah i I get i just i i like i find it interesting that they're expanding the trek universe to kind of like not just be these like oh we're on the enterprise doing serious shit it's like oh we're gonna be on like we're going to do a comedy series now because yeah. why not? And we're going to show you what Captain Picard's up to because Patrick Stewart decided he wanted to do it. So yeah, absolutely. Like that kind of stuff's happening now, which is way different than anything that we saw in the nineties or anything like that. Yeah. Like when Trek was at its peak. I mean, th- this is not the first time that like a serious franchise has also wanted to do like a comedy series though. Like look at powerless last year. So there's yeah. definitely ways this could go wrong too. <laughs> oh, this is going to absolutely go wrong. I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm more curious about like how Trek's going to pull it off because like humor and Trek is like, it, it happens, but it's almost like it happens by accident. Usually like Star Trek yeah. four is like at best, the happiest accident that ever happened in the franchise kind of thing. Yeah. So. And it's like the very last like minute of the episode where somebody makes a joke about something that happened and there's some yeah, there's some flute music and some awkward glares exchanged because yeah, people smashed and they're trying to ignore that they smashed and Yeah, or Data says something awkward or whatever. Yeah, like it's, yeah all that kind of weird shit that happens on those shows. But yeah. that's that's comedy to Star Trek. So like an actual comedy writer coming into the Star Trek franchise is a weird yeah. experience. So so next thing, apparently the Boba Fett movie is dead because of that Mandalorian show. So I mean I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm disappointed because I do think a Boba Fett movie could have been pretty cool, but I can understand that that would be overkill. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a little much at this point with the, uh, the Star Wars stuff. And they've been drawing back a lot of that. Like, they're not doing as much with it. Like, it seems like they've cut their production slate down a fair bit with all the Star Wars stuff in the in light of what it like the reception of Last Jedi and Solo. Yeah. So. Well, in particular, the underperformance of Solo. Last Jedi still yeah. performed pretty fucking well, even though it made the internet controversial. Very angry. Um, yeah. But I don't care. I'm happy when the internet gets angry about shit. <laughs> Depends on what part of the internet is angry. That's usually. true. 
So no, I think the fact that Solo underperformed, even though it was a pretty fucking solid movie, is probably good enough reason for them to say, "Hey, let's scale back on these." Yeah, I mean, we did we talk about like I watched it again, like it's been an online now, yeah. so I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed it the second time through too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I was bitching about, but whatever. Two little things. Apparently, the Simpsons are just writing Apu out because he's become problematic really? in the modern age. I didn't. Which is definitely the way to handle that issue. Not, you know, oh, absolutely. not like write you know, it properly write, or yeah. write the character sensitively. Just fucking avoid it entirely. Good job, Fox. Yeah, basically. I guess they had um, Adi Shankar, the guy who was producing Castlevania for Netflix, who is a, I believe he's a, a, an Indian guy or something like that. Or along those lines and he was uh he like he went and like wrote a script for them and they were like now nah, you know what it's probably just easier we just write them out and he's like all right i guess we could just do that too and that's kind of the decision they made so i'm like that's i mean it's not a big story but it's just kind of like weird especially because like he was one of my favorite characters like that his interactions with everybody is always one of my favorite things to watch on the show and like i granted that's probably because like it's a racist character but you know i don't yeah. know it's just i always liked apu and like just to write him off like that yeah, it's kind of yeah I always liked just how he like wouldn't put up with people's shit. Like he was very much like that one, like muttering shit under people's breath, like behind their back yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And he was like the smartest guy too. Like he obviously like he knew his stuff on all like the computer program. Like because they gave him a backstory that made a lot of sense for like an immigrant experience in the eighties. Yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't make as much sense now, but like I think it still makes enough sense that like you could put it out there and that's a lot thing. of that's but anyway. Yeah. A lot of those stories don't make sense now, but they made sense at the time. Doesn't make them right now, but at yeah. the time, like he was pretty, he was a pretty forward character to have an Indian immigrant as a focal point in a show. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They, they stopped like thirty years now, like for the show. I mean, there's enough Apu. I'm sure we could go find old episodes we haven't seen if we really wanted a new Apu centric yeah. yeah. episode. Stopped watching Simpsons about twenty seasons ago. <laughs> I know, same. I uh, I think the last episode I watched was in was in last year, but it was. Uh, I don't watch them regularly. Like I'll go and like eventually I will binge everything because I've seen everything up to season twenty seven oh, wow. every episode. But that is a commitment. Yeah, I just I don't know. The Simpsons is one of those shows that like I will find something in there that I like if I'm just kind of have it on in the background and I'm half paying attention to it. Like it will make me chuckle enough that I'm like it's fine back there. I don't need it to do anything exciting for me anymore. So. Yeah. And if I really want to laugh at The Simpsons, I'll go back to those first like five or six like really good seasons and just watch those old episodes and they still make me laugh. Mm-hmm. They're actually funnier now as an adult than they were when I was a kid. So, Sorry, I was going to say Sorry. while we're talking about Simpsons, Disenchantment got another uh, season, got a renewal. You beat, me to, you beat me to the punch. That was my, <laughs> that was my next thing. Oh, I, was, so. I figured, I didn't know if you were going to move on from that, but I figured I would jump that in there since it's also groaning. I was going to, yeah, well, groaning is right. <laughs> I've watched a couple episodes of it. It's... I don't know. It doesn't, it isn't, well, it doesn't hold together for me, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, we are apparently going to get an Avengers trailer before the end of this year, which should have the title in it. Also, Kevin Feige has confirmed Guardians 3 is on hold and he has no idea what's going on with it mm. because they're not really talking about the slate past Avengers anyway. So it's probably for the best because it gives them the chance to like figure out what the fuck they want to do. Yeah. Because I would imagine with James Gunn having run across the street. Yeah, which is interesting because remember back in the day when it was like the, the artists and writers and stuff going back and forth between the two companies. Now oh, we yeah. got like major Hollywood directors going back and forth between the companies. It's yeah, like interesting uh, time to be alive as a comic book fan. The big one was Mark Bagley when he went over from Marvel to DC for a yeah. while. That was a big one. Yeah, or even like we just like Bendis just moved, right? Like, yeah. which yeah. I mean wasn't as big a deal as it would have been in like 1997, but like yeah, still. 
or whatever sorry like 2007 i guess probably would yeah. have been when he was writing all the peak stuff so there is that that's all i had for news this week do you have anything else Tim? the only one i have is not necessarily something that we would usually talk about but since i'm a disney person uh Pirates of the Caribbean is apparently getting rebooted. Again? Like rebooted, not a sequel. And like recasting uh Captain Jack. Yeah, too, that's apparently. that's that's the major what? thing. And I, I think that's I mean, Johnny Depp has become pretty fucking toxic, so I think that's probably mm-hmm. a good idea. Uh on oh, he's the goddamn worst. Yeah. So I uh, I I would just like Put it to bed for a little while first before you reboot well, it, right? Like that's a I mean, money making machine. Though. I guess. I haven't seen one since the third one, so Yeah. I, I think I, I don't know if I saw the fourth one. I know I saw the first three. I think you like make it maybe a series where like Elizabeth Swan, that Kira Knightley character, mm-hmm. is the focal point kind of thing. Like I think that could be. I, I've seen that getting bandied about as an idea. And you have to bring back Orlando Bloom or whatever, so he can just stand <laughs> there and be boring for like the whole ninety <laughs> minutes of the movie or whatever. He sucks yeah. in that first movie. She's she's the only watchable thing that isn't Johnny Depp in that first. Well, no, who's the bad guy in that? Is that Jeffrey Rush? Yep. He was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Barbosa. Yeah, yeah, either way. Orlando Bloom is the weak link in that fucking movie. So, yeah, absolutely. He was just too fresh off of being Legolas. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. That too. But again, I've only, I don't think I, you know what? I don't think I ever saw the third one. I think I've only seen the first two of those movies. How many are there now? Actually, Five? six. Who was in the Five, third yeah. one? It was um, Skarsgård and Bill Nye. Bill, Bill Nye. Who was pretty good as Dave Jones Locker. Dave, Dave Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Ian McShane one of them too? He was in the newest one. Yes, Ian McShane was the fourth, the fourth one. one. Was that was the fourth one? No, not Ian. No, I'm thinking of um, Javier Bardem. Javier, Javier, yeah. Javier Bardem was the yeah. most recent yeah. one. That I that one I haven't seen, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw Blackbeard, okay. which was Ian McShane, which was the fourth one. I don't know. Like those movies make tons of money. They get good actors. I just have no interest in them whatsoever. Like I just don't find them that entertaining. I don't know. The only interest I really have in them is sort of the tie-ins to the park and stuff like that. Because after, I mean, in the first movies, they had like a couple scenes that were taken like straight out of some of the rides, which I was like, okay, that's fun. You know, it was a Disney Parks nerd. But then the movies started influencing the ride. Like they put like a Barbosa and a bunch of Jack Sparrow, like animatronics into the rides. And so it was like fucking Ouroborosy, you know, eating its own tail and, it actually worked out pretty well. Like a lot of people were really concerned about it and how it was going to work out. But in the end, I think they did a pretty good job. Well, I hope they built that Captain Jack animatronic to be modular. So they could just replace the fucking head on it and <laughs> put whoever's new fucking head. It's going to be Captain Jack on it, even though we probably don't need to reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you know, right now. But I, I it's not like Disney's not making money. This is what I don't understand. Like Disney has all the fucking money. They could just be like, yeah, we could put that on hold while we figure out the whole like Johnny Depp is a horrifically bad human being and we need to distance this <laughs> franchise from him because he's really yeah. like the face of that franchise. I don't know. I just yeah. be like, let's give it two worry. years. Just like not talk about it for two years and then we'll start another. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds dumb. Yeah. I think the motivation behind it is probably that this is one of those franchises that does incredibly well internationally. That's true. You know, yeah. uh, they haven't necessarily been doing you know, fucking gangbusters business in the U S but internationally, like he's a crazy recognizable character and pi- everybody loves pirates kind of thing. I don't know. Then the movies never did much for me, but all right, fair enough. Why they same reason they keep fucking making transformers movies. Yeah, it's true. Isn't it even the same fucking, Oh no, it's uh Michael Bay's what's Michael Bay's production. Oh, I can't remember. 
garbage cooking. garbage but garbage truck uh, incorporated i'm not sure <laughs> uh dumpster fire i think is what it's called uh pirates movies are brockheimer yeah yeah or jerry brockheimer yeah because well michael bay was under brockheimer for a little while like he was his like protege yeah yeah movie. i knew that they were yeah i knew they were related. Yeah. um but i think Michael Bay's got his own production company that they do the Transformers movies under, but I try to block out a lot of those Transformers movies, so I can't remember exactly what his production company's called. Hot Garbage Productions. Yeah, just steaming, <laughs> steaming, burning dog shit productions. Ste- steaming loose turd productions. Yeah, I don't know what else to call it. Cause... <laughs> Watery turd yeah, productions. Fuck. There's also... <laughs> wow. In, in, in somewhat uh, Disney-related... News: Guillermo del Toro is yeah. making a stop movie Pinocchio for Netflix, though, right? Uh, or stop motion Pinocchio movie for Netflix? Yeah, which yeah, I don't think that's Disney related. Oh, no. I think that's going to be like a Grimm's fairy tale retelling of it via Guillermo del Toro's warped fucking mind. It is del Toro and the Henson Company, and I mean Henson Company. Like, it's gonna be terrifying. Uh, Disney owns the Muppets. I don't think they own all of Henson yeah. properties, but uh, still, that sounds. Yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah, it's going to be Nightmare Fuel. Absolute fucking Nightmare Fuel. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Nightmare Fuel. Yeah. And like, especially with Del Toro directing it, sweet Jesus, it's going to be horrifying. Yeah. But Nice. All right. Our- uh, Chrissy's falling asleep. Maybe we should move to Geek of the Week and I'm here, I'm get, here, I'm her, here. get her involved a little bit. I'm here. I'm awake. I'm good. A, Are you a sure? Nice, a nice excited sting. Yeah. Geek of the Week. <laughs> of the Week. All right, so this is the part of the show where we tell each other the geekiest things we did this week. We'll start with Christy so that she will wake up. <laughs> oh, oh, what? Did, oh, I know what I did this week. It was geeky. I hosted a zombie prom. Woo. Yeah, tell us about zombie prom. Yeah, no, it was yeah. my idea. So I came to the AGH about um, eight and a half months ago now, and I was joking that I thought it would be really great around Halloween to do something like a zombie prom. And I brought it up at a marketing meeting with the CEO, and she was like, let's do it. And I looked at her, I was like, what? She was like, no, let's bring in a younger crowd. Let's do something like that. So, are you serious? She's like, yeah. <laughs> so, for the last few months, my friend Tyler and I, he decided to take the idea and run with it because um, he was sort of in charge of the night in general because he tried to claim it. And so, he and I worked together, and he created a separate event called Brains. For his youth council and I mostly streamlined zombie prom so what we did for zombie prom was we brought in a makeup artist and we had eyeball ping pong and we brought in um, a DJ who did like mashups of old Halloween music and like popular stuff we had old movies playing throughout and a guy from Hamilton Trash Cinema who set up a little mini theater in one of the rooms and showed like really shitty old movies, like shit movies, like ones that are so bad you have to watch them. And what else did we do? We had we made all the decorations, so like we had hanging bodies from the from the ceiling, like Frodo style. Uh, we brought in these uh, like cocooned. Uh, is that what you mean? Yeah, like okay. cocoons. Yeah, we had cocoons covered in blood and arms. We made a photo booth with like a prom background and brought all these props in, like severed arms and legs and hands and axes and i made a bunch of tombstones and it was like a really great party we oh and the other thing we had some guys from a restaurant in hamilton they brought little cupcakes that were brains and bat ravioli so all the raviolis were shaped like bats how do you do that it was great (laughs) they had um cutouts okay and they and they put the dough together so it was bat batioli or whatever they called (laughs) it so like but it was uh, i wasn't sure if it was enough 
to like keep people interested. But we also had a prom court, so we like crowned a king and queen of prom, and then the people we ended up choosing had gotten married at the art gallery, so we didn't know that, and they were just like, "You just made our year. This is so special." And it was. It was just so, it was cool. And everybody was like dancing and having a good time. And the party went right until one. We were also tired by midnight. Most people had left. There was this crew of like 20 year olds who'd gotten there late and they were like, no, we're just going to do it. We're just going to dance. And I was like, go home. So I felt pretty good. I was like, I'm tired. Go away. Get off my lawn, zombies. Yeah, exactly. So you're, complaining that your event was a roaring success is what i'm hearing yeah well we we probably had about 100 people which was pretty good yeah for the first one ever and like in an art gallery it was it was cool like what's the capacity like what would what would have been like sold out 175 all right yeah for a first year year. thanks for the invite by the way it was all over facebook and it was your (laughs) birthday you weren't gonna be able to come i know no that's true i was not going to be able to but you know I know. It's got to give you a hard time. <laughs> yeah, so it was really fun. All right, you good? That sounds like that definitely sounds like that something sounds cool. I would attend. We're gonna do it next year too. Thousand miles away. I think we're gonna yeah, do it next sure. year. and We're gonna call it Zombie Prom 2019 Under the Sea, because like that's like the most uh, big <laughs> stereotypical, stereotypical prom prom theme. And we'll just have yeah. like oceans, like waves yeah. on the Titanic. You just need Titanics <laughs> everywhere. You just need little like Titanic stuff all over yeah. the place because you'd be like you're having the prom on the deck of the Titanic. <laughs> There's your theme. I just saw that for. Uh, yeah, so it was just like it was a blast, and it was all young people, and like that's our demographic that we're trying to get into the gallery by doing stuff like this. So cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, oh, and yeah, I led the ghost walks again, which was fun. Nice, yeah. nice. All right, Tim. So I ended up getting sick this week, so I probably didn't do as much like Halloweeny stuff as I would have otherwise. That being said, I I definitely did some stuff. Let's see. The one that I'll call my geek of the week, I was just looking for something kind of low key because I was feeling kind of shitty while I was at town for work. And so I found out there was a movie theater like right by my work that was playing a 50th anniversary screening of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, nice. Which I had not seen. I actually watched that this week. Yeah, I was like... I. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I saw it playing. I was just like looking through the movies and I was like, oh, fuck. I remember seeing like it was one of those like special event kind of things. Yeah. The like uh, in the US, they're like Fathom events or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They just had the Transformers one. Remember we were talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seeing yeah, the 20th the original anniversary movie. of. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't do those in Canada. So I didn't get a chance to see it on the big screen. Yeah. And so uh, I went and saw it. It had like a maybe 20 minute sort of featurette in front of it that was sort of a little bit of a history of it but more just like the influence and they had yeah. like interviews with Guillermo del Toro with Robbie Rodriguez with Frank Darabont who's the guy that sort of started the Walking Dead TV show mm-hmm. and uh, and also a couple of George Romero's kids as well and they had some like old footage of like George Romero too like talking about the movie so because it was it was interesting like just that is the movie that started the whole zombie genre yeah. really like there had been sort of zombie movies before but it was more like that zoodoo or voodoo kind of vibe than yeah. like you know the the shambling kind of undead corpses that you yeah. know, we know as zombies yeah so it was interesting and in having all those people talk about like what what they see in the movie and the impact that it had on them and then of course then they screen like a really nicely restored copy of the movie as well so right. yeah the, they put a blu-ray out of it a couple years ago that has like a really flawlessly restored version of it yeah that if you can if that, i got it 
I don't know what I can't remember what company put it out, but it's it's a, the one that's on Amazon is kind of like the top listing right now. Yeah, but it's like it's worth the twenty bucks or whatever it was to buy it because like I don't know if it's, like I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, I watch it. It's one of the ones that I watch once a year, like around Halloween. I watched it this week actually, like because yeah. there was a colorized version of it pop floating around YouTube that I watched about ten minutes of, and I was like, I can't watch it in color. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, switch back to my black and white Blu-ray. No, but, the black and white is like part of what makes oh, it's it so fantastic. iconic. It's and it yeah, it, it's really holds up for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a nice like tight script too, right? And it's not a long movie. It kind of like it's very brisk, like eighty pace, minutes so it, or something like that. Yeah, you're like you're in and out of that thing real fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a good solid scare yeah. still too, which is nice. Yeah, it's paced really well. It's the performances are all pretty solid. It's shot really well. It's another one of those. It's one of those movies that obviously it was made on a fucking shoestring budget, but it worked within its limitations really well and didn't try and like if it had gone too far past, you know what it could do yeah, you it, would you have, you have seen the seams really yeah exactly and, and and been taken right out of it but yeah yeah it holds up yeah it's worth watching yeah. I, I always like night of the living dead it's an awesome movie yeah cool that's cool that you got to do that that's that's awesome you don't get to, uh, yeah, you don't get those up here the big and it show. bums me out yeah i'd love to go see that on a in a theater especially like seeing it with like the crowd <laughs> of people too like having that group in like experience yeah that kind of movie is kind of important like i've never like that's one of those movies i feel like you almost want to have that group experience with like i like sometimes horror movies if you're with the right crowd like that's the best way to watch yeah. them yeah so like i don't know like that would be fun especially in an environment like that where like people are coming out because they really like this movie mm-hmm. right like it's like a big anniversary thing so they're going to be fans and stuff so that being said That'd it was cool. a wednesday night and there was only like four people in the theater including me but still well, okay then there's <laughs> that i guess too i mean maybe i know that vibe though because i went and saw the new halloween movie on friday night which is pretty mm-hmm. also pretty good i i enjoyed it um they oh, heard good things. It? it is if you like the very first one, you will like this one. They did a really good job of capturing that same tone, uh, and there's so many great homages to that original movie as well. So uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. But that uh, was a really fun, like in the theater experience because it was very much like that '80s slasher, like everybody screaming at the screen, like "No, don't go in there!" kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I. I I want to go see that, or at least I want to see it eventually. I don't know if I'm going to run out and see it in theaters. It's it was a good one. I love that. Theaters. I love that first movie. I've never really liked any of the other ones. Oh, I got the remakes are okay, I guess, but like the Rob Zombie one. Yeah, like they're watchable. They're not great, but like I love Bria Grant too. So there's that. But like the original, like I like the original, and then all the sequels. I'm like these are all suck. Like they all suck. <laughs> so it's it's nice to hear there's actually like a sequel that is like worth watching yeah. for a change because like. Out of all those um, slasher series, it was always the weakest one I found. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. it doesn't hold a candle to, uh, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Interestingly, do you see who's trying to buy the rights to Friday the 13th and get it off the ground again? No. Uh, LeBron James has a production oh, company running yeah. in LA and he's, he's been trying to get a hold of it because he wants to, he wants to make a new Jason movie. I'm like, I'm, I mean, whatever, as long as it, it just gets somebody to like, that likes the franchise to control it and then like go for it. Cause He's a fan, apparently, wants to do like a proper Friday the thirteenth movie. And I'm like, fucking man, get a, if you're gonna let a fan with that much money do it, yeah. Let him do it. Ron's a funny guy. He'd probably show up in the movie too. So I mean, black like filmmakers and producers have been putting out some of the best horror movies we've been getting the last few Crushing years. It, so honestly, I'm yeah. all for that. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, as for me, well, I got I got two things to talk about. Um, first, yesterday was my birthday. Um Happy birthday, Mark. Yay. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> 
So my sister, who's a crazy person, and is I don't know if we've talked about my sister collecting Funko Pops. Yes. Over the last like yes, we years. Have. So, yeah. <laughs> well, like we so yeah, because we went to the fucking thing when we were in Seattle, like the Funko Pops headquarters in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. But like yesterday we're we had just dinner here, and what she got me was she got me all the original Ghostbusters, none of the reboot bullshit. Like all the original <laughs> Ghostbusters Funko Pops. Nice. So I'm sitting here, I don't know. Well, you guys can see them on the cam, but like there's my ray. Nice. And there's my Slimer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I got them all. I'm not, Hold I thought on. it was going to be, like, just the Busters, but there's other... Is there, like, a, a Janine and a... No, there isn't. I'm really disappointed by the lack of some of the support stuff. Um, yeah. But I do have an... I just put an order in for the, the Gatekeeper and the Keymaster oh, and nice. a Terror Dog. Because nice. it's super cheap as a three-pack. Yeah. But there's Spankman, and I got Spangler. He's the, apparently the hardest one to get, the Harold Ramis one. Is it cha- uh, is that it doesn't surprise me. Something like that, or just it no? It's just that he's answer. he's very popular and very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, Egon's everybody's favorite, right? Like he's my like no, he's always Van- my guy. Venkman's my fucking. I mean Venkman, yeah. <laughs> and then like the Ectomobile actually has Winston in it. Nice. <laughs> and then the big Stay Puff. So like she went all out and nice. bought me all this. Oh, he's that uh, angry Stay Puff. Stay Puff's great. Stay Puff, yeah, it's pretty cool. So like that's pretty cool. My actual geek of the week, I wanted to talk to Christy about Hunting uh, on Hill House because I finished it this week. Yeah. Um, actually, I watched a ton of TV this week. I'm like basically caught up on all the good stuff now. So I've watched. Well, we, we talked about Daredevil last week, but I went right from Daredevil into Better Call Saul season four, which I don't know how we would do an episode about that. Maybe Tim, I just have to go and do a bonus or like when Christy yeah. disappears again, we'll do it. But like that is the best fucking show on TV. Like what? Daredevil? No, 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 no. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul oh. is the greatest thing going on on TV right now. Yeah, and if you take like just if I was to take like just the storylines that they cover and describe them to somebody, yeah, like they would just look at me so weird to be like, no, that sounds boring as hell. I don't know, man. This year with all the cartel stuff, that's really starting that's... to get pretty heady <laughs> and interesting. So like, it's pretty cool now. But yeah, the like first the, two years, the, the, like digging, the lawyer the, stuff, the tunnel digging stuff, like this yeah. term, like this season. If I were to yeah. describe that to somebody, they'd be like, "No, that sounds like terrible television." And that was like the most fascinating thing the whole year was watching yeah. that fucking tunnel. Because I'm like, I know where that's going to be, but I want to see it get made now. And I got they made it. They made what should have been a super boring fucking event, like in the past of another show that I love, and they made it like one of the most captivating like arcs of the entire season of a, of a TV show. Like, this is fine. These guys are yeah. fucking great at their jobs. So. Mm. but i yeah so i jumped right from that into hill house which uh christy was watching if i'm not mistaken and i enjoyed the shit out of it until the last episode but yeah that's what i said remember on the yeah. episode yeah the last episode super let me down but the rest of it was great i had a really good time with all my tv this week because like daredevil was awesome better call Saul was good this was a like this wasn't as good as those two shows but it was still well worth watching um i had a really good time with it, it was actually kind of scary in some spots too like a, a, a couple things got me Maybe not like jump scare, kind of like scare, but like there was a couple like images that kind of stuck with me after the fact, which was surprising. Mm. So, well, that's the thing, right? It's it's not a scary show in the way that you expect it to be with all of the like hype. It's emotionally, it's very tense. The whole family, the family gets a little annoying in spots. There is that too. Yeah, it does. Oh my god! But for the performances, for most of most of it's pretty good, and like it's. The long shots are really interesting. It was funny because we were, we, Christy and I were talking about it like offline yeah. while we were, I was, I was kind of watching it and like they, they do have like, there's an episode, I think it's episode six where they have a, like a very long one take shot. Seven, seven. Is it yeah. seven? Sorry. But like, it's a very cool shot and it's a very cool like one that they do, but I just watched Daredevil <laughs> And they do a wonder in that episode, uh, the prison episode, one or two every season. Yeah, yeah, but they did the. I just watched the prison one, and I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, that's the best wonder anybody's ever done ever." 
Um, <laughs> like that was insane. Like that, especially the fight, the first five minutes of that fight. I'm like, that's one camera shot. I would be so exhausted just faking that fight that often yeah. that you could see it in Charlie Cox's face and that guy's killing it. But yeah, that whole sequence is so amazing. Yeah, he, wow. yeah. But I was watching the Hill House wonder and every, I'm reading the reviews and everybody's like, you should see these wonders. They're technical masterpieces. And I'm like, I just watched the daredevil one. This is great. <laughs> but like, it ain't that great. Like that was amazing. Yeah. So the thing is though, like, and I, I hear what Mark's saying and like, technically the daredevil one is a, a million times more complicated. Yeah. But the one that the thing that Hill House does well is build the tent. Oh yeah, they did a, like that that one so in slow. Absolutely, absolutely. That like in the one in the like when they're still in the funeral home and they keep tracking back and forth to the yeah. corpse walking towards the guy and like he like he's the only one who can see it, but the camera's panning back and forth between him looking at everybody else trying to see if they can see it and like him looking back and just slowly moving towards him every time the camera pans back. It, it was really well done, but it was just like. I just watched Daredevil get like in a 10 minute slog and this isn't as intense intense as that. So it didn't impress me as much, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. You should totally watch it, Tim. It's like well worth your time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it's on my list. Nice. The only thing is it's the last episode. This is my problem with all of these shows is that they build and build and build. And then unlike something like Game of Thrones, which does it well, they'll, like, you know how Game of Thrones does its really huge stuff in the second last episode? Yeah. And then the last episode kind of gives you that calm down period that you need We're still leaving, while still leaving you on cliffhangers. Until this year, where they, like, blew everything up. American right? Horror Story kind of does that, too. Yeah. Like, they always have, like, yeah. their big episode is, like, yeah. the last couple episodes, or, like, a couple episodes before the end, and then they just have sort of a coda or an epilogue kind of yeah. thing at the end. That's how Vania did this season, too, actually. The big the big fights in, like, episode mm-hmm. seven, not episode mm-hmm. eight, so. And that's my thing, is that I think that's a much better format for storytelling when you've got these huge mm-hmm. things yeah. built up, or you have to do a two-hour-long finale because yeah. you just can't fit in all the, especially with shows. I think they're still figuring out how to do this with binge watching kind of technology yeah. that we have now. They're still trying to figure out how that storytelling component works with a climax. So I think that some shows have got it down, like we said, American Horror Story. Game Saul's Thrones, got it down like um, fucking crazy. Saul's, yeah. But there's still some that are out there that are struggling to, I think, realize that you cannot shove every conclusion into the final yeah. episode yeah. it's just not feasible yeah you and that happens with hill house and it suffers yeah. for it it suffers for it because it gets and yeah especially because the ninth episode too is basically like the best episode of like that show like it's yeah. so good <laughs> you guys are gonna get angry at me for bringing this up again but that was the fucking problem i had with hereditary well at the last like bit yeah 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 i get that <laughs> yeah. i can <laughs> see that and but it's a common yeah I, I I agree. It's it's an it's easy it's an easy issue. trap to fall into. Mm-hmm. But like either way, like it was well worth watching. It was kind of weird because I, I basically had like my weekend. I had my my Daredevil where I was like I'm obviously talking to Tim about it, but that's basically like a me thing. Like I'm just sitting there watching Daredevil like crazy, and then like I started yeah. watching Saul, which is like something Tim and I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching, and you and I were chatting, and then like I switched to Hill House, and then it, me and Christy started chatting about that. So I was like, yeah. just nerding out with each of you kind of individually <laughs> about different shows. <laughs> so it was a weird weird weekend or weird week for that kind of stuff yeah that's about it so we are now on to meat of the episode i guess i should have said if you haven't watched american werewolf in london before we get started here you probably should watch that like pause the podcast go watch this excellent (laughs) movie and then come back and listen to us gush about it well i hope anyway hopefully you did that with all of our movies but if you didn't yeah i guess you know stop spoiling for yourself right now (laughs) 
spoiling on this fucking movie that's as old as Mark and me. <laughs> yep, same year. Same year as us. Uh, not going to talk about how old we are because that birthday just happened like yesterday. Still a little fresh. <laughs> still uh, a little raw. Still a little raw. Yeah. <laughs> not, uh, not happy. But that's good. So let's, uh, you guys want to do a sting? All right. Meat of the episode. Lycanthropic slaughtered lamb meat. That a boy. That was a long one. That's good, though. It was good. It was topical. I liked it. No, I did. I liked it. I liked it. All right. So, obviously, thank you for voting in our poll, um, and thank you for making me your winner, because, goddamn (laughs) right, you picked the right movie. I knew Ernest wasn't going to win. I just had hopes. It's okay. (laughs) Well, you can can always throw it at us and make us actually make us watch it next year, because I've already picked my movie for next year. It's going to be entertaining. Like, I don't really want to do questions per se. I, I kind of just want to run through the plot and just talk about it because that's kind of the best way to talk about this movie because okay. there's just lots of little parts to talk about. But I'm going to start out at the top. Had you seen this before? And if so, what's your relationship with it? And if it's your first time seeing it, what's wrong with you? And what did you think? <laughs> Who hurt you? Yeah, basically. So let's start with Christy because I'm not like you were the one I wasn't sure if I'd seen it or not. So I have seen it years and years and years and years ago. My dad sat me down when I started getting into theater and he was like, this is a movie you need to watch. And yeah. I was like, why? And he goes, well, because you need to see what kind of technical effects can be done in produ- and like what that's like. It's going to make you like theater. I was like, okay. It's interesting for theater because this is a film. Yeah, and but like, obviously, it, was, like, it was the makeup aspect of it. Yeah. I, uh, so we watched it and I remember being real freaked out by it because I, I had to be like, 10 it was maybe a little little young yeah yeah there's some disturbing imagery in yeah there for sure but i actually found it to be a lot funnier than i remembered it i think i was a little too little to appreciate it obviously last time but like watching it this time around i was like this is funny it's fun yeah. eh? like it's a good like it's a romp it's not like john landis gets really up in our i did a lot of research for this episode like i watched i listened to 12 podcasts i read two do- or watched two documentaries and read a book about this movie this oh, week damn so i know I know everything right now. It'll be gone by tomorrow, but I know everything right now. <laughs> but like John Landis, like adamantly denies that this has anything to do with comedy. He's like, it's a horror movie. Horror movies are funny because that's how you get rid of tension is yeah, yeah. if you do it right. And so like the best horror movies have awesome comedy bits in yeah. them. And this is what this like, because if you watch those old classic universal movies, they are kind of slapsticky in spots when the horror is yeah. not happening. Right. So that was, this is like his huge homage to all those Universal movies, and that's why it's mm-hmm. like that. Also, the fact that like he basically came off Animal House, like he directed Animal House, I think, yeah. right before this. He also directed Blues Brothers, so he's a comedy director, and then decided to do a horror movie. And so, like, obviously, streams are crossing yeah. there. So, and I just I don't know. I really I really enjoyed it, and I, it brought back a lot of memories. Um, particularly, uh, I do, I do remember watching the the hair grow on the back of him and everything. I'm sure we'll talk about the makeup and practical effects in a bit, but yeah. one of the other things I'd forgotten about, but liked was how hokey Jack looked in the movie theater. Oh, that's like the best part though. Like, it's actually the best scene in the movie is the movie theater. We'll get to it when we get like to that part of the plot. But, <laughs> yeah. Like, but I was just all like, those, what? all those like quasi Henson-y like puppet effects are, I think yeah. they're fucking great. Like it's, yeah, they are. It's so much cooler to have something like tactile that yeah. David's sitting next to talking to, even if it's whatever, as opposed to like now it would just be like a CGI monstrosity and he'd be like trying to make an eyeline with a tennis ball or whatever. But you could tell he's mm-hmm. like physically yeah. reacting to like, how gross everybody looks in the room with them. And I think that makes a big difference in the performances yeah. in the movie too. So for sure. Uh, cool. What about you, Tim? Did you, uh, do you have anything else, Christy? I didn't want to cut you off. No, um, that was, you said just relationship and overall yeah. thoughts. So yeah. that's pretty much it. 
Awesome. Tim? Yes, I'd seen it before. It wasn't necessarily one that I watch regularly. I definitely have reverence for it in sort of the place that it holds in horror movie history. But for whatever reason, like I, I like it, it's, but it just never latched on to me as one of those like classics that I would go back and rewatch like every couple of years or something like that. So when I, I think the first time I watched it, I didn't watch it when I was a kid. I probably first watched it when I was like in my like late teens, early 20s, like first starting to okay. really get into horror kind of thing. And I had a friend that that was one of the things that we would do. We would just like rent two or three horror movies and go sit at home and watch them on like yep. a Friday or Saturday night kind of thing. And so that's so I've I've probably seen it two or three times, something like that, but not like it's not one that I've okay. seen like over and over and over nice. again. My the, my answer is the opposite of that, isn't it? I have watched this movie a million times. Uh, it's one of those movies that my mom kind of showed to me. Mom is a big horror fan. I don't know. We talk about my mom a lot on the show. I should probably stop. But it's funny because when I started, like, I was going to, like, do start, re- I, re- I rewatched it twice this week, like, once to just watch it and once to take notes while I was kind of sitting there. But, like, I, the first time I rewatched it, I was at home uh, in St. Catharines. I was dog sitting kind of while mom was working and dad was away. So at night, mom was home and, like, I was, I threw on American World on London because I had to, like, we had to watch it. Mm-hmm. And she sat there and watched it with me. She's like, you know, I'm the one who showed you this movie. I'm like, I know, mom, everything I like is because of you. <laughs> But yeah, it's one of those movies that like, I love it. I've got it. I've got three copies of it apparently in the house now. Like I was going down, I went downstairs to find my Blu-ray copy of it, which I then couldn't find and then ordered a new one off Amazon. And then I found my DVD and my, my Blu-ray copy like the next day and the thing's already <laughs> fucking shipped. So I'm like, well, I got a Blu-ray copy of it again. So <laughs> I'll just give it to mom probably. But yeah, it's one of those movies I love. I watch it. It's basically, it's one of my Halloween movies. So like it's around this time of year, it, it kind of comes out of the woodwork and I'll rewatch it along with like. Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice and all the other kind of horror comedies that I like to watch that are light and not like specifically horror movies, I guess, but like yeah. they're funny and kind of horror related, I guess. So that was basically what I did yesterday for like for my actual birthday. We didn't do much. Mom and dad came up and Lise was here and we just kind of like ordered food and watched movies and like we watched Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, or I we watched Ghostbusters together as a family. Then they went home and I watched Beetlejuice and I watched something else too. Some other like Mm. oh frighteners remember frighteners yeah yeah michael j <laughs> fox michael movie. J. Fox. that's a peter jackson peter jackson yep. it is a peter jackson movie yeah movies is not eight like the, the effects have not aged well movie still holds up i like it a lot but i think peter jackson i don't know if frighteners is one of them but some of his like early yeah. gory horror movies are getting uh remastered and re-released i'd love to see this one get remastered and re-released i love that movie but it's like i don't think it's really i don't think it's one of the ones that he's redoing because it is a studio movie i mean obviously it's got michael j fox and um What's the other guy in it? Yeah. Oh, no, I can't remember. But Jeffrey uh, Combs. Jeffrey yeah. Combs. Fuck. Jeffrey Combs is in it, who's a fucking genius. No, it's um, so, yeah. uh, Bad Taste and Dead Alive are the yeah. Peter Jackson movies yeah. that are getting uh, re-releases. Uh, like 4K yeah, he did some... re-releases. Yeah. And those, those, those are like gore fests, basically. <laughs> well, it's funny because that's the movie that basically got him Lord of the Rings because it proved that Weta could do the yeah. special effects necessary in the short order, whatever. Either way, so that's kind of what I did. But American World War in London would basically be part of that run if I hadn't already watched it to do this episode. Yeah. Um, so it's that kind of movie to me. So yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, so I just want to start with the plot and we can just talk about the movie as we go through. So the movie starts um, with the two boys in kind of northern England backpacking through. Getting off a sheep cart. And then getting up, getting, yeah, it starts with them getting out of the sheep truck, which the symbolism obviously not lost on anybody at that point, because they are basically lambs being, being led, led to the slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. In the, uh-huh. 
So I, I don't know if I would use the phrase uh, getting off in respect to sheep, but like, Chris, like Christy just did, but they were eyeballing those sheep pretty good. So, you know, and one of them did like compliment do? the sheep said like, Oh, you got some nice sheep there. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, my mind went somewhere. It probably shouldn't have. And it totally like introduces the Jack character really great. Cause like he gets off and he's like, Oh, see you later girls. Like he, like he was just sleeping with all of them. They, were, thing. they had a big party. They were kind of sleazy dudes. It's, it's a, oh, it was it was very much the ugly tourist kind of uh, trope, yeah, uh, trope, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very much playing like obnoxious American men, you know what I mean? Like that was the whole point of Jack, that. Jack more than yeah, uh, more than David, more than David, but. yeah. So yeah, so they end up going to the slaughtered lamb in a tiny little town in wherever they are, and that's where they kind of get their first hint that something's kind of amiss where they are mm. because there's a pentacle on the wall and the locals are fucking weirdos, yeah. I'll say here that the movie does a great job in terms of like sense of place that like little like English village and the pub and everything like is fucking spot yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I haven't been, uh, no, I've been to pubs in England now too. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking like spot on for like that local, you know, everybody in there is just rowdy and getting drunk. They don't serve any fucking food. It's just beer and spirits. Yeah. And <laughs> They're all just like angry and playing darts. Yeah, and everybody that there that's there, if it's one of those like locals, looks at you fucking like you have eight heads. If you are not a regular kind of thing, you know, it's like that's like the weirdest thing to me because like I, I mean, we don't we don't have that kind of stuff here. You know what I mean? Like you don't have like that local bar. Like it's not like Cheaters is everywhere. You know, where you walk in and it was like a hey, norm or whatever. Like that's what it felt like, kind of, in just like a really backwoods kind of English way. And like it's not yeah. an experience that like we really get in North America ever anymore. I don't think. I think. I think there is still that, but just we're not alcoholics. I, I guess, yeah, there is that. Like, maybe there, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe if there was like, it was like a weed culture thing. Maybe I could get into that. But I usually like doing that by myself and don't want to socialize. Yeah. So kind of. It is very just, much an English cultural thing, yeah. though, is, you know, go, go down to the local yeah. for a pint or two on your way home for work. Some people just end up staying there all night. Kind of that sort of, that type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I've seen other English shows where that's a thing. It's just like this. It, I don't know. They do. They use it to like build tension here because you're just supposed to be creeped out along with the boys mm. even though like mm-hmm. i mean we're obviously we're kind of living in a horror trope but whatever and there's at least two actual slaughtered lamb pubs now yeah there's one in new york for sure yeah there's one in new york that's in the west village uh and there's one and that one seems a little bit more like themed to the movie mm-hmm. there's also one in london as well that seems to mostly be i, I think it they have a little bit of sort of theming and homages but it's it's you know sort of more mm. modern kind of pub yeah it's an interesting like i do like that they comment on the art and stuff like that on the outside because it's like it's a pretty horrific sign for like yeah a pub even though it is like a weird yeah. small local thing um also that joke did he tell like nice and racist good old 80s humor you know yeah not pc at all but well that's also very much that sort of xenophobic yeah you know again small town like nationalist uh england kind of vibe yeah, not topical yeah. at all these days, right? Good time. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know how how many uh how many fucking places of worship got shot up in Canada this week? Uh, not none that I'm aware of, but who knows. Or how many how many pipe pipe bombs got sent to politicians? Again, as far as I'm aware, none. But I think Canada Post does a better job of screening shit than what is going on down there right now. Apparently there's a hashtag that's white babies are magic. What? Yeah. I don't know. People are fucked. <laughs> God damn it. I think it's time to like just turn the internet off. And I don't mean like for each of us individually. I just mean like period. Just, just globally. Just, just turn it off for a week and see how everybody does. I think that's what we need to do. I think we'd be better. Probably. All right. So the, the locals kind of scare the guys off 
And now we're getting into like the real shit because they wander off and are told to stay on the road and beware the moon. And they do neither. I know, idiot. Because it's a horror movie. Yeah, because it's a horror and movie. They're, and they're both. They're, and they're idiot Americans. Yeah. Idiots. And this is where, like, I think this is probably one of the most effective, like, horror sequences in a movie that I'd seen up to this point. Like, just because it's shot in a way where you can't see anything. It's always on the guys. And they're always looking off screen at something that is howling at them. It's kind of, it's still kind of scary. That's one thing I actually really enjoyed about the movie in general was how easily they flipped back to the wolf perspective or to the werewolf perspective. Sometimes you yeah. weren't sure what you were seeing at the beginning, but then you started to get it. And you were like, oh. Yeah. And we'll yeah. talk about that later because like during his first like out, night like out, night out yeah. as a wolf kind of thing, they do a bunch of shots like track or like it's not tracking shots, but like they do shots from like his POV one that are yeah. very yeah. cool. So we'll get there eventually. But this is like, so he, they, they are being attacked by the wolf. The wolf surrounds them or is chasing them. And David fucking falls like a big putz. And that's when they, or Jack gets attacked and fucking shredded. Yeah, shredded. What do you think about David's reaction? Like him running away? Well, he went back. I, honestly, I feel like most people would run either like run and not come back at all. Run and do what he did where he goes back and goes, what have I done? Or they would stay. Yeah. So like it was, it was realistic to be like. I was with them because I was like, yeah, I basically my my you're because your first reaction is either fight or flight, right? So like yeah. I I probably I don't know how I would react in that situation, but like if you see a giant wolf thing, jump at your friend. I'm like, I don't know if I can fight off a giant wolf thing, so maybe I'm gonna yeah. run. Because are you making yeah. a mistake by staying and like sacrificing yeah. yourself? And obviously it was a mistake because he ends mm -hmm. up in the hospital for three weeks. So yep. But not before he gets to see the guy get shot, which I think, like, I find that interesting because, like, they actually take the time to show you the the werewolf just get killed. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like that he turned back to a man. Yeah, and the, and yeah, and it was effective because you just see the guy like there on his back with the wounds, and it was a really just good use of editing without having to actually show because it would have been yeah. really difficult yeah. to show the reverse transformation, especially because they'd clearly already blown their budget yes, on the other oh, animations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently they spent most of the the movie. Most of the movie was spent on that transformation and like all the effects That's, stuff that happens yeah, in I London. So they basically oh, don't. It. They basically spent no money on this sequence because they don't. They don't. There is one shot of the wolf, and it's actually it's like a dude in a suit that hits him, kind of thing. Like you don't really see the wolf properly. Yeah, yeah, so, which is probably for the best yeah. because when you do see the wolf, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, like there's some shots where it holds up, but it, that's the one thing. Where, like when you get like the the actual still of the wolf, like right at the end yeah. when they finally show it to you, you're like, oh yeah, it's not that's not as great as like what my brain was telling me it looked like when you, they just flash yep. cut yeah. it to and it. And you're like, oh, and you see right. the prop very briefly. Yeah. All right, so like we're in London now. And he wakes up after three weeks. It's explained to him that Jack is dead. He freaks out. And this is where we're introduced to kind of like the main players of the, of the movie. I get the freak out. I'd probably freak out too if I was like, oh my God, it wasn't a dream. Yeah. And I was trying to like put myself in that situation where I'm like, I was backpacking with my best friend and like he's dead. And I've apparently been in a coma for three weeks. I would be very confused about what was going on, especially when everybody starts telling him that like it wasn't an animal like he saw. Yeah. It was like a, yeah. it was a, a lunatic or whatever, right? Because yeah, you'd eat. proper English, quote yeah, quote unquote, yeah, little on the nose. Yeah. You'd be like, um, <laughs> um, what, um, what are you saying? Uh. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think it was pretty pretty mm. realistic. So this part of the movie, like the hospital, is like where we like they really set up the plot. Like you're introduced to Alex here, uh, the lovely Jenny Aguder, who I basically dreamed about since that movie. Has, like I first saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, God damn. yeah. 
nurse nurse with the British accent. Well, the nursing doesn't really do much for me, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, the English accent and how she looks in general is a little weird. Yeah. I do find the relationship a little strange. It is a little like it feels rushed. And like I I question oh. her decision to just bring a strange ranting American dude into I've her only home. had seven lovers uh, in my life. Get out of here. Yeah, that's a weird conversation. <laughs> it's very much the uh, the Florence Nightingale sort of trope. So I guess yeah. you're supposed to give it some slack because of that. But I don't Part know of me was just like, it. boo, why are you telling him this? Get out yeah. of here. <laughs> yeah, the relationship's kind of like, it's it's rushed, but like it's the core. It's weird because it's like it's rushed, but it's kind of like the basis of the whole movie. Like that's mm, kind of the through line of the whole thing. So. But there is very much like that sort of, you know, people that just, get taken by foreigners right like there's people that yeah are no like, that's hey, totally a thing this person is this american is yeah. exotic for whatever reason <laughs> and therefore i'm taken by him i don't have a tenant to take men american men to my bed or young men to my bed yeah i was like yes you do you're not fooling anybody <laughs> whore you're one of them. <sighs> oh, it's like no, slut no, shaming. No. Come on. I didn't say that's a bad thing i just found her like and the fact that at the end she's like i love you shut up well, he said it to her already for because yeah. he's insane, basically, by that point. But he does say it to her. So I guess her repeating it to him, that's more movie magic that I just kind of write off as like, oh, this is just how you write a movie. She has to say it back at that point. It needed to. Yeah. Because you have to have that continuity or like that yeah, balance or whatever. Yeah. I found the relationship. Like, I find it. But the problem, the thing is, though, like when they're actually together, like they have pretty good chemistry and they are yeah. pretty cute yeah. together. Yeah. So I'm like, I kind of just like let it go they're like yeah that's that's a weird thing the way they get together but like the way they work together i'm like that's yeah, fine and i kind of like it it's a good dynamic and they're i mean they bone down and all that kind of stuff which is that was okay can we just quickly talk about that them boning ridiculous down? sex scene like the like, five minute long sex scene no it's the <laughs> fact that like first of all the kissing okay the, i i got it first with a couple kissing on the subway they didn't break for air at all like they were just yeah. mouth locked not moving. Oh, you're talking about the punks. Yeah. And then, and then. Okay. Yeah. And then we moved to their sex scene where like they barely open the their shower. mouths in the shower. And then all of a sudden their mouths are just on like open the whole time. And like, nobody's closing their mouths. And then she's just like, it was the 80s. Biting his shoulder, like, ah, 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 like raising it with her teeth over and over again. Like, ah, 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 ah. And I was like, what the fuck? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just her move. No, it yeah, sucks. Totally be they had no sexual chemistry. <laughs> during the sex scene they had great chemistry when they had clothes on but most of it i was like what is happening <laughs> who has a new side of christy like here this? we're getting like christy the sex critic here yeah i'm kind of curious what did you think like what i thought was interesting about it, the one thing i did notice about this is there's an implied like it's implied that he goes down on her which you don't usually see in a movie because he goes down on the scene ends and i was like yeah they don't usually do that in movies that's interesting That's a good point too. uh implied cunnilingus so that was kind of interesting. Not in 1981. I was just, guys, <laughs> no. I just found it to be like, it was so awkward. Their sex was weird. <laughs> like, if they're afraid to show, like, a real intimate sex scene, then why did they show his dong, like, five times later? <laughs> well, they, that's the, there's, a, there's a funny story about his dong, actually. Because he's playing a Jewish guy who's supposed to be circumcised, he's not. So they had to fucking cut around showing his fucking <laughs> dong because... It would be like it was a continuity error because he's not circumcised and he was not going to get circumcised at 22 or whatever, however old he was when he watched when he they made this. How movie. is that guy not circumcised? Because like he definitely looks super Jewish. 
I apparently apparently he's not because like every time I everything I read or listened to this week, they were like, yeah, they had to cut around the fact that he's, he's got a fucking anteater. Like, that's just the way it is. And I was like, all right. <laughs> fucking weird. Good. That's cool. But I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was interesting because they they don't show. I mean, there, there is like blatantly like, she's naked during the sex scene, but like he's naked through yep. like 90 percent of the scenes in this movie because we're yeah. about to. <laughs> yeah, which is very interesting. So they have sex. He goes to the bathroom and we get our next jump scare and Jack appearance number two. Is I love the Jack. second one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the second. Because he shows up in the hospital, which we didn't talk yeah. about. So like in the hospital, he meets Jack, which is yeah. amazing, right? The makeup on both of those those first two Jack scenes is fucking outstanding. Yeah. But yeah, like how like when his neck is all shredded up when he appears oh, in the hospital yeah. like that is fucking. Just that was amazing. awesome. Yeah. And how it keeps like shaking when he's talking. Yeah. It's actually just like hanging skin. And yeah. it is just, and they, they show you like they, there's pictures of it, like in some of the documentaries and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, they just like took put latex on him and just like cut into it with like plastic. So it just looked like it had been like, shredded. shredded. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what and they just added gore to it. So it looked awesome. And they started shooting and I'm like, wow, it looks really fucking disgusting because it looks really fucking disgusting when you're like, yeah, sitting yeah. there staring at it. And I'm like, wow, that's really whew, that's gross looking. But yeah because he also has his first set of dreams while he's in the hospital or like in this kind of area of time too because we get the dream where he's those ones are weird for me which ones like the ones where he's in the in the like like in the forest all the ones up until jack basically which we never really i guess we're never really supposed to know whether he's awake for those or not when jack starts appearing and i think he is I think he, I think he's hallucinating. You think he's supposed to be hallucinating anyway, or like hallucinating in that like he's seeing his ghost friend or whatever. But yeah, but but no, the the ones before Jack, like the ones with the Nazi monsters and stuff like that. It was just for me, it just was like out of left field. I'm just I was just sitting there like, what? Why? What is this? this well, is- see that that kind of makes sense. Like you got to kind of take the context of it. He's a young Jewish guy in 1981, so like all the stories he would hear, like the most horrific thing he would hear, like he's still living with people with like live memories of World War II, right? Like his parents and grandparents were probably Jews in Europe that emigrated. So the worst thing he can think of is Nazis coming after his mm-hmm. family. And then you tag on top of that the fact that they're werewolves because he's now got werewolves on the brain because his delusion is telling him werewolves. So that's kind of that's how I always read those scenes is like those Nazis show up because he's supposed to be a, like a, a Jewish yeah. immigrant. And because yeah. yeah, there's some weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> we also didn't talk about the fact that there's like Frank Oz has like three mm-hmm. roles in this movie or at least two because he shows up as the British uh, or the uh, American embassy yep. employee. Like oh, that's Frank yeah. Oz. right? Yeah. yeah. Because you, you don't notice he sounds like Fozzie Bear while he's talking. Like, no, I didn't. Even <laughs> Fuck, I didn't even know no. if that was Frank Oz. Yeah, it's Frank Oz. So he gets like he his, every line he has. I'm like, it, it, I either hear Kermit or Fozzie, and I'm just like, yeah, he. And there's a reason why that guy doesn't get a chance to act in like regular stuff because I just hear Muppets when he opens yeah. his mouth, and it's not good. Uh, so, but yeah, so he, I guess he's good friends with uh, John Landis. So he was like, I guess he threw him in a bunch of other stuff. He's been in other yeah. movies too. Well, he probably <laughs> helped. He probably helped with what's it called with like the all the with puppeteering, Jack, the puppeteering. puppet, yeah, all that stuff. Like that, yeah. I don't remember hearing anything about him doing anything like that. It's possible he did. I know he's friends with Rick Baker, who did all the effect work for all the effects work for this movie. So it's, yeah. he probably did. Like, he, I mean, he's Frank fucking Oz. Like, you basically have like one of the best puppeteers yeah. on the planet. Yeah, on your movie, you may as well get his pointers on like how can we do this better because. Maybe. This is what you do for a living. Maybe then the fucking werewolf puppet ends up looking better. Yeah, it's entirely <laughs> possible. 
but yeah so yeah at that point yeah but we so we've got up like where are we caught up now we've, we've covered everything so, up to that point much. right yeah yeah so at this point they're at home they've had sex jack has talked to him and we are into the first night of him turning so what, what happens there like alex goes to work and he just kind of hangs out in the apartment because he locks himself out at first and shit. Yeah. Tries to read, tries to watch TV, doesn't eat because he's not hungry. Like he says that a couple times. And then there's that weird thing that where they keep going back to uh, Alex working in the hospital with that little Indian boy who says no. Who, yeah. what? It no, no. Who is this kid? What was his relevance? Uh, it's just to show her working. I think I'm not really sure. I think it's a comedy beat. I'm not. I, it was. It's a little. It's a. It's a. Writing. Very, yeah. It was a the little writing bit. is not consistent in this movie. There is some great writing and some just weird writing. Yeah, there's some there's some weird like that's there's some stuff that should have been pulled out in editing that didn't get pulled out in editing, yeah. which I find is interesting. But then again, this movie's like 89 minutes long or something like that. So like it's not probably a lot yeah. that you can really chop out of it. Like it for, you can bitch about like the two or three things that you would cut out of this, but they're all like three like that scene's what? 10 seconds long basically and then it cuts rape like then it, you go into the tra- the transformation scene which is yeah. 10 minutes long yeah. or at least feels 10 minutes and long. awesome yeah it felt like they were going somewhere with that though and maybe the payoff got cut or something like that it's entirely possible uh, like like the fact that she was like getting i won't say like abused but that she was not appreciated and her job something to that effect i don't know it's some some like subplot that she or uh, you know story arc or character development that she had that we never actually see pay off my first thought was because they kept putting her in front of kids like they were going to reveal that she got pregnant from him like at the end of the movie but then that Mm -hmm. never happened so i was like oh okay but Mm -hmm. that's how i would have written it like we keep having her interacting with kids and then she ends up pregnant after he's dead kind of thing anyway that was my thought but it doesn't i don't know if doesn't if it tracks well what happened in america an american werewolf in paris was it just a whole new guy uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't talk about that movie. That, uh, that <laughs> no, movie's... It's a, same shtick, just different location, basically. Uh, no, there's like oh, there's okay. a werewolf cult in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a really bad movie. Like, as a curiosity, if you want to sit through it, go nuts. But, like, be well aware that it is a garbage fucking pile of a movie. Like, it's not good at all. But, yeah, we're at the transformation. So, like, sweet baby Jesus, this looks like the most painful thing that has ever happened to anybody ever. Looks and yeah. sounds. The fucking sound behind that transformation, like, sells it for me. Obviously, the visuals are outstanding. Yeah. But, like, hearing the bones, like, rend Crack and the flesh oh, stretch and and all that is just so, so, so good. Like the worst, I think the worst part for me is hearing him screaming for help. When like all you're doing is calling somebody in there to die, right? Like, yeah. like anybody who helps you is about to die because they're going to go in there. You're going to finish transforming and that thing's going to fucking eat that person. Yeah. Well, See, would you guys go in if you heard that kind of screaming? I would look, absolutely look, but I would not go in. Like, especially if I, because like, you would have like where he was sitting. You would open the door and the door was open, I think, the whole time, too. See it immediately. And you would see him laying there, like transforming me. I'd fucking run. Like, I, would, I wouldn't even help. I'd just be like, fuck this. I'm gone. Yep. I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, that. <laughs> I'd lock the door this to dude my apartment. Real sick. Yeah. Like, what? No, but you wouldn't even think it's a dude. It looks like a, it's half animal at that point. Like, what would uh-huh. you, like, what are you seeing? Right. Like, you're just seeing, like, gun. I'd, I'd be calling the cops or animal control It'd or both. Okay. Good luck. Then, yes. Now, no. Apparently, guns are a lot easier to come by in the UK these days than they used to be. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. But no, that transformation, that makes the fucking movie for me. If yeah. you take that out of this movie, it goes down like 
three points out of ten, probably. Really? <laughs> All right. Fair. It's just it's just that is when I think about this movie, that scene is what I think about. Yes. It immediately goes to that just outstanding transformation. Yeah. This scene and like yep. the the following scene, like where he's out on the prowl, like the, that's mm-hmm. this movie to me, like that whole sequence. I'm like, this is like American Werewolf in London. It's like the transformation and him going out and like murdering a bunch of people because like yeah. all the scenes of him out like killing people that in the first night are like amazingly yeah. well done. Like I love yeah. everything about that whole sequence because like from the yuppie couple that he starts with, and like their friend coming outside, and you're like, oh shit, his friend's gonna fucking die too. But then he get whatever. Yeah. And then, like, there is a deleted scene where they really show the homeless people getting really brutally murdered. Like, it's really horrific. The, uh, there's a reason why they cut it because, like, they, they, I see. You can, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube. I downloaded it, but it's pretty bad what they do to those poor homeless guys, and that's why they're so pissed off when they get to the end. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they, oh. they get it the worst, and then we get to the best fucking like actual shot part of the movie where they're in the in the tube, like in the subway, chasing down that lawyer. Like, yeah. Which is like the best chase sequence. My only gripe about that chase sequence is that the wolf was always shown to be pretty damn close. And then he'd go around all these corners and everything and he was like so far away. I was like, that thing's running on all fours. Hunting this dude. No way. No way he'd get away this fit. No. He didn't have time to fall up an escalator and drop an umbrella. No. That guy should have been dead three minutes ago. Well, you got to think too. I think at that point the wolf would probably be full because it's eaten five people. Why is he still (laughs) tracking this guy? Because at this point, it's, it's just playing. At this point, it's just mm-hmm. hunting to hunt because it's out there. Okay, I stuff. go with that. So I think at that point, it was playing with its food a little bit because he didn't really get eaten. He just gets torn up. They don't really show him yeah. like, like they just show him dead afterwards. Like the other ones looked like they'd had hunks eaten out of them kind of thing. But he looked like True. he just got shredded and then the wolf took off kind of thing. So I will say before we get too far away from the transformation, I will say watching it through this time, it kind of seems to come out of nowhere. Because he's just kind of like sitting yeah. there reading the book and then immediately he's like, oh God, and drenched with sweat and like transforming out of nowhere. Like it doesn't doesn't really seem like, hmm, I feel kind of strange. Uh, like, no, but like they, they spend the whole day with him feeling antsy and edgy as the change comes on. I, I don't, I don't know. I like the way they do that because it becomes like, it's almost like a jump scare where like he's just sitting there and then he snaps and like it just comes on him out of nowhere. Like it's more horrifying that way. You know what it missed though? They had this thing where they kept opening the blinds on him in the hospital. What would have been cool is if he'd walked like he felt sweaty. So he walked to the window and just opened it and saw the moon and transition. Yeah, that's probably a better way to shoot that. There you go. Just like, no, don't like, because he's been antsy all day, right? Don't you know, dwell on it. Just have him be like, oh, and like goes and opens the window and then he sees the moon. And he's just like, oh God. And then he can transform because he's seen the moon or like the moon is like broken into the apartment. So what I kind of like is that like he has absolutely no, like it's not even like it's he's that almost makes it sound like he's locked it out by closing the window and not having looked at it. Whereas I like the fact that True, like, but like if, if clouds moved away from the moon and it like just become night. Yeah, fair. I don't know. I like the, the randomness of it. I see where you guys are coming from and that you want like a, a better explanation or a better ramp up to it. But I like like it's scarier to me that like you could be kind of weird and edgy all day because that's a fucking feeling I'm very familiar with. And then out of nowhere, this thing hits you and you're suddenly like on the floor screaming in pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's scarier to me than like, oh, I looked at the moon and then I like transform like that. I don't know that that seems more horror tropey, whereas this feels more like, oh, shit, I'm fucked. Like everything's fucked. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I'm going to die. Something is happening to me. And then your bones start to crack and shit. And you're like, nah. yeah. And just how well the transformation is cut and edited uh, oh, is, yeah. is just masterful. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny too, because there's weird little things about like in the transformation, like when the hair grows, it's actually like shot in reverse and they're yeah. pulling the hair back through and stuff like that. It's really cool watching. There's a, there's a section in the documentary that's on the Blu-ray. That's basically like a half an hour, but like, hey, how, here's how we made the wolf transform. Yeah, I know. That's what everybody wants to know. I know I've seen big chunks of that before. Um, yeah. I, I remember seeing stuff about like the jaw animatronics and like how the mm-hmm. how that whole jaw piece would push forward and that sort of thing. And yeah, I remember again all the weird rubber masking they had to do to get it to like stretch properly. Yeah. And like they, there's there's a, there's the story that one of them tell they're like the substance that they used to like fake the skin stretching or whatever. They went through like 17,000 different fucking versions of that material yeah. because they could never quite get one that looked or like skin like stretching properly or, yeah. yeah, or tear or whatever. So it was just like a, a constant like back and forth between like making it pliable or, and then not pliable and elastic. It was just like a huge mess. And they just like, it was like an 11th hour, like, well, we just fucking got it. And yeah. Now we can get it in the movie and we're good to go. Yeah. But they basically gave them that transformation was being shot like second unit through almost the entire time they were shooting the movie. Like it take it took them almost the length of shooting the movie just to get that the transformation scene down as a second unit thing. I believe it. So yeah. absolutely, they spent a lot of time on that piece. Yeah. Well, it's unbelievable. Like it, it ended up being recorded and then put backwards, right? Part, part some of it was. So, Mm-hmm. So like the hair growing and like some of it was shot. Yeah. Like in reverse stuff the that would be easier stretching. I'm thinking anything yeah. that stretches. Uh, some of that's more like uh pneumatic pumping too. Like they actually had pumps set up that would like shoot liquid in and cause it to expand in a set way, like mm-hmm. with form yeah. kind of balloons and stuff like that. It's very intricate. Like very interesting. If you're into effect work kind of stuff, watching any kind of documentary, but like the process of building that effect. I mean, Rick, is, Rick is Baker is a legendary makeup guy. Like he did oh, a lot of the original star, star Wars movies and stuff like that too. And you know, crazy horror movies. And yeah. Well, you know yeah. what did it for me was the um, torso. When, oh, when he's on the floor and his body. Yeah. When he was on the floor in his back and like, you could just see him like twisting and contorting. Yeah. Oh, and like when he, when he like flips separating. over. Yeah. Yeah. When he flips over, that's like the, the worst part of it for me. Cause like yeah. it, he looks just like, uncomfortable he looks like half horse yeah. at that point yeah yeah and he just doesn't like he's so lost at that point like, like it's... I, i'd argue that the actor was using a lot of very 80s acting style <laughs> but that scene in particular he did very 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 convincingly well i'm sure i'm assuming the direction on that kind of scene would just be like basically you need to act like you're in the worst pain that you've ever been in in your life and like you've never so. experienced anything this bad go yeah, go is basically what, yeah, that would be my direction for it. It's like, hey, your spine is currently like reforming so that you can be like, uh, by like a quadrupedal yeah. animal. Um, and have fun, yeah. like enjoy yourself. <laughs> be- he comes up to him, he's trying to give him different like acting things, like, okay, 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 you're not getting the right pain across. I need you to, I need you to pretend like you're, you're separating in half, like a man's coming with a train saw and he's gonna cut you. Um, like John Lennon is American. John John Landis is a British New York Jew. Yeah, he's, he's not British at all. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I can't just imagine that though. He's like, mm, that's not right. It's like you stubbed your. It's okay. What's a New York? I'm not going to do an accent. But he's like, it's like you stubbed your big toe. You know what's that like? And he does it like. Ugh. He's like, no, that's not enough. That's not enough. Let's build on this. Let's build on this. What's your motivation? Your your blah 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 blah. I could just see like a director being like, mm, give me more, give me more. I want to see like you're in agony. You're being drawn and quartered you're tearing me apart lisa i'm tired of funny things still haven't watched that movie. <laughs> awesome all right so we are kind of through the best part of the movie mm-hmm. the rest of it's kind of haphazardly put together you think so because i find the next bit is hilarious like him running around naked in the zoo and shit like that shit kills me like him like well, when he's talking to the little boy 
out of the fucking that's out the, of the bush. I'm like, this that's is the comedy. Like, you couldn't put that in a movie now. That's yeah. the only comedy in the movie. Well, I won't say the only comedy, but that's the comedy that works best in the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Can we talk though about how that little boy grins at him when he sees his de- his his um dick? <laughs> <laughs> He's like that kid is a homosexual. Yeah. That kid just had his <laughs> sexual awakening. Yeah, for uh, me, I was just like, oh yeah, that kid is like into this. Yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. I just, it was so funny because <laughs> it was this little smirk. Whereas, like, if it was another kid, or like if it was any other kid, he probably would have run, being like, "Mom, oh my god!" But he's just like, "Who are you? Why should I give you two pounds?" And then he comes out with his like D out, and he just grabs the balloons, <laughs> and the kid's just like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that his line when he goes to his mom too, and he's like, "A naked American man stole my balloons," and she's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, what? Like it wasn't poorly done, but it—I mean, it wasn't—it wasn't not funny, is what I should say. It was very strange. I think that's the point, though, because like he's in a fucked up situation. He wakes up in a wolf pen after he doesn't remember what happened, right? Because he talks. They talk about it right after. He's she's like, "What do you like? Where were you?" And he's like, "I was here reading, and then I woke up with wolves." I don't know what happened in between because you don't have any memory of like the werewolf time. She didn't question um, that enough for my taste. <laughs> no, no, not at all. She really, oh, okay. she doesn't question a lot of his shit. Yeah. Like at all. Like when he's screaming, like the first night you're together and he's like, I think I'm a werewolf. I'd be like, get the yeah. fuck out of my place. Or Hello, like, Oh, actually, hold on. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm going to the bathroom and calling my cop buddies. Cause I'm a nurse. So I probably yeah, have she cop was buddies. too chill. Like, yeah. And, oh yeah i'd have been like how fuck about, this this guy's how about go. when he attacks her with a kiss and then he doesn't even say like wow that was great he says i'm a werewolf and she's like nah it's cool come stay with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically like the entire plot of the movie uh when it comes to the like that i'm like this is weird yeah. to me now she's like yo you're a little bit cray and a little bit sad but i'm into it come be one of my eighth be my eighth man like is she like that desperate i i mean you know what you, they talk about like they were checking him out beforehand so like she knew what he she was getting so maybe he's fucking packing heat yeah. you know what i mean maybe he's got like a maybe, big old maybe that's it. and she was just like well he's kind of like half crazy but that thing's fucking huge so maybe th- it felt to me almost like george lucas writing that like anakin and padme romance like yeah. really doesn't sell at all <laughs> there's just so many pieces that were missing and i'm like <laughs> Yeah, like if you see that's the and that my problem with it is if I'm just watching the movie, like I'm fine with it. But as soon as I start to think about it, I'm like, wow, this is really <laughs> fucked up. Like all of this is fucked up. But then I'm watching it and I'm just like, oh, they're cute and they have good chemistry yeah. and I'm fine. Whatever. I just want to watch the werewolf <laughs> do things. But then I sit down and I'm like writing notes for an episode of the podcast or I'm just thinking about it like yeah. as a writer and I'm like, yeah, man, she's got like she's got fucking problems. Like she actually has issues. Mm-hmm. She should go like get dealt with because this is not a normal response no like if if you meet somebody and you're like oh she's cute and then she's like hey i'm a fucking werewolf i'd be like yeah. hey peace <laughs> it's nice meeting you you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like uh it's, it's a very strange reaction to be like put it in now like just get in me you're a werewolf yeah. let's fuck like let's bone <laughs> down that's strange all right so basically at this point so he's had his transformation he's been out uh we had a little comedy bit where he's running around naked I like that he steals that jacket, like that little bit where he's standing in line for the bus and he's trying to have small talk just kills yeah. me every time because he's wearing jack like that fucking woman's jacket. I'm just like, this is great. <laughs> so great. Because there's that like the guy who's standing in front of him that he's trying to talk to is not looking at him. But the dude behind him is fucking staring at him the entire scene. Just like, 
And this is very much, they do a great job of capturing that British spirit of the just sort of stiff upper lip, like in, in, in the way that the British characters are handling the attacks and the, and stuff like that as well. It's very much just like, you know, keep on a stern demeanor and silently, but you can tell they're silently judging and that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like a caricature of British people, but I'm not sure if yeah. it's that much of a caricature of British people. You know what I mean? Because it's like they're actually Brits doing yeah. it. But I'm like, it's still an American writing this stuff. So I don't know how much of it is like probably kind of racist. And then some of it's just like them doing their own thing kind of thing. And to be like, just how would you react to this as a Brit? You do that on the movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what else you would do? Because like the, the, the doctor, like he goes to the slaughtered lamb, does the whole bit and like finds out all the stuff barely reacts like has no visible emotion to any of this stuff because he's like like yeah werewolves and this that and the other thing and your boy's in danger he's gonna turn into a wolf and he's just like all right i guess i should go back to london and settle this (laughs) shit like any any minute i expected one of the werewolf's victims to like say the woman goes outside to look and or looks out the window and says to her husband like joseph you won't believe this i think there's a werewolf out there and she he just says like don't be silly, Margaret. Werewolves don't exist. And then they both get slaughtered or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> slaughtered. Yep. Yeah. He goes to Slaughtered Lamb and tries to get Alex to bring David back to the hospital. At this point, I think like they were on their way to the hospital when the cabbie tells him about yeah. the deaths last night. And he kind of puts it together that it was him. And he jumps out of the car. I, yep. This is a weird part for me because I'm like, why doesn't she follow him? Or does... Oh, no. This is where he yep. goes to try and get arrested, right? Sorry. I'm yes. Yes. You're getting my your notes. parts mixed up. Yeah. yeah I'm getting parts the mixed up. Because he gets out and then he goes to try to get arrested and the cop laughs at him, basically. Whereas in America, he would be dead. Well, no, he's white. Oh, yeah, he gets shot. He'd absolutely, well, no, he's white. He'd get tased. He'd probably at least get tased. He'd have to spend the night in the, like, he'd spend the night in the holdup and that'd be it. No charges and like, because you don't want to ruin his opportunities because he probably has a promising future. (laughs) Oh, God. We're very topical tonight. I don't know what's going on. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Okay, you guys are going to have to help me now because I'm a little lost because I don't know what... Because he does he just fuck off from her at that point? And this is where he goes and calls uh, his family. Yeah, yeah. He runs mm-hmm. off, basically. And yeah, goes and calls his... Yeah. And then what is his little brother or something like that picks up? Yeah, he, he tries to it's kill himself. Like he tries to kill himself. He goes and talks to them. And then he With goes to slit his wrist. Swiss Army. And then he sees Jack. And he loses his nerve. Yeah. In, yeah, he loses his yeah. nerve. But no, because he kind of sees Jack at the same time, too, right? Like, that's where Jack... Yeah. Like... And this is the best, like, I love this movie because of this. Because he fucking flags him down from a porno theater. I'm like, first of all, porno theaters don't <laughs> exist anymore. So it's like a very anachronistic thing. But at the same time, just like, that is a fucked up experience. Do you see the like, fucking name of it? See you next Wednesday. That's see a, you next Wednesday. That's yeah. a, I'll say it's, so, <laughs> so see you next Wednesday is actually a joke that John Landis puts in all his movies. It pops oh, okay. up in is Animal it? House and Blues Brothers and everything he's ever done. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, what, it's his, it's like his, like, in movie signature kind of thing like he's little like i put this in everything so see you next wednesday is the title of the porno it's his way of getting his see you next wednesday into the movie kind of thing okay yeah um did you not love the movie though like the acting is so yeah horrifically bad like stylistic suck to (laughs) the degree it's amazing and i'm wondering if like that was a decency law sort like sort of thing where because the UK is pretty notorious for you know being really stuffy about and conservative about sex, which is really funny coming from the guy living in Atlanta right now. Just, <laughs> but I, I wonder if that was sort of a you have to have pretend, at least pretend to have some sort of plot to this movie. You can't just show people fucking. 
because other, otherwise it's obviously just smut. So if they have like some semblance of a plot, then maybe they can get around that. It's entirely possible. <laughs> My thing's still like the communal aspect of going to watch porno. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that fucks me up. I was amazed that yeah. they weren't just showing everybody masturbating in yeah. the theater, but maybe that takes it away. It takes it above a our rage yeah R-rated movie. yeah that'd be, i think it'd be x-rated at that point uh in 1981 <laughs> yeah. but yeah uh <laughs> i don't know i always i always think that sequence is fucking hilarious because like just of, all, of course jack because at that point you're you know the character of jack is a, a bit of a fucking skis bag so of yeah. course he's gonna yeah he's totally so of course he's gonna go to a porno theater to talk to him like it's just yeah. like i don't know as a comedy beat i'm like this is fucking perfect like if you you couldn't have written a better spot for them to have this conversation in because it, yeah. all the horror of all this stuff is undercut by the fact that there's people fucking in the background of the entire yeah. scene. Like, there's sex happening. Oh, I forgot that was happening. Yeah, so, like, they're sitting there having this conversation. And, like... Yeah, you can hear the fucking porn playing in the background. Yeah, you can hear the porn playing in the background. It's just fucking hysterically funny to me. I don't know. I know you probably think it's disgusting. But for some reason, for me, it's just like, I'm like, this is fucking comedy gold. Like, this is exactly <laughs> what I want from one of these movies. It's like, have this horrible porno playing in the background while this mutilated Muppet talks yeah. to the star of your movie yeah. it's definitely another one of the comedy beats that that worked pretty well for me yeah this is my favorite scene in the movie where he's interacting with his victims because this is where like it is but like it's the funny part where you're in the porno theater but it's also like probably the it's the most disturbing part where he has to realize like how bad his situation is and how much damage he's doing by not ending it himself kind of thing yeah and of course, Jack told in a very black comedy yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I love how they're all giving suggestions about like how he should kill himself. And how enthusiastic like the stuffy British couple is yeah. about like, this should, is how you should kill yourself. You should get a gun. Pop yourself yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. Because no. then the lawyer like immediately is like, no, if you put it in your mouth, you sure to not miss. I'm like, hey, that guy knows what he's fucking doing. That guy's thought yeah. about this. <laughs> but. Yeah, so at that point, I think, I don't even know where, where fucking Alex is at this point. I think her and the doctor are together trying to track David down. Looking for him, yeah. Yeah, they've um, been looking for him because at first, remember, they thought he was just having a mental, like, episode that he wasn't actually a werewolf, but he had convinced himself he was. Yeah. Now they were, like... Now that the reports are out there, no, yeah. they're pretty sure that he's actually a vampire. Or werewolf, yeah. not a vampire. Yeah, sorry, werewolf. Fuck. Yeah, we didn't do a vampire movie this year. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> So now we're kind of at the like the the conclusion here, right? So like if you well, hold on before we go before yeah. we move on there, the one thing that I, and I don't know if this is a this that whole sort of uh, addition or mechanic where in order for them to the his victims to be at rest, the vampire's bloodline has to be killed. That was werewolf, werewolf Tim. Fuck, the werewolf yeah. has to be werewolf. I don't know. Why, I don't know why I'm on fucking vampires. I don't know. What'd you watch this week? Yeah, I don't even think I watched any vampire shit this week. That is was an interesting addition and something that is not not a trope that I'd ever really seen before. I'd heard something about I think Monster Squad actually has something about like the Wolfman's oh, yeah? line being in there. So I think okay. it is part of the Universal backdrop. It's been a long time since I've watched Monster yeah. Squad or any of the old Universal movies. Like that's yeah, stuff I watched too. in film school or like while I was in university oh, kind Monster of stuff. Squad. So. Yeah, Chris, uh, you, watched no, you just watched. I watched that like two weeks ago. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was bad. Yeah, it's terrible, eh? but fun, entertaining. Like it's a good concept. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's basically just Stranger Things. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, any number of other of those period movies. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I just thought that that was a good. It's, it's a cool mechanic, and it, I like the idea of it. Just adds an extra dimension to have whether it's real or not. Have the victims haunting David? Yeah. 
Yeah, and they do like this is again another like Rick Baker fucking makeup job, like extravaganza here where oh, like, yeah. everybody looks like they've been shredded and like the Jack Muppet is super fucking entertaining just it's to so watch. It's so good. Yeah. It is. It's great. Except right? it, it's funny because it doesn't follow his voice at all. Yeah, it's just kind of flapping, but at that point it's so unnecessary at that point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that the, the that actor. Like I've never oh, here's a bit of trivia for you. So have you guys ever seen Poltergeist? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen it, Chris? Years ago. Okay. The oldest daughter in Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. That actress mm-hmm. is the actor who plays Jack's sister. Okay. Oh. And she is the actress that died. Her boyfriend killed her. Like just after Poltergeist oh. came out. So that's oh. her. So that's his sister was the girl from Poltergeist. Okay. Um, he's still working though, interestingly enough. Like he still does stuff. I haven't seen him in anything other than this movie though. So I'm I don't know what the fuck else. Yeah, Wait, Jack? None of the actors yeah. from this went on to do very uh-huh. much. Well, Jenny Gooder, like I've seen her in shit all over the place, but he was in a movie with Madonna. Well, there's a reason why I probably didn't watch that. So <laughs> Do you not like Madonna? Uh not in movies. <laughs> I actually didn't mind her in Evita. I've never seen Evita. Every other movie I've seen with it was her, a she's very... fucking horrible. Is she really? Yeah, she ruined uh, Guy Ritchie's career. I still blame her for that. What did she? What was she in that ruined that? She was in a remake of Swept Away that he that she made him direct while they were married. That bombed and fucked his career over. <laughs> uh, I've forgotten that they were married. Yeah, because he they got married just as he was coming off of Lock, Stock, and Snatch, and uh, he was moving to Hollywood, and they hooked up, and he did a movie with her as the star, and it fucking bombed, and it like cratered his credibility in Hollywood. Well, Jack, anyway. well, Jack was played by Griffin Dune, just to go back to that. Yeah, Griffin, uh, Griffin Dunn. Dunn? Not fine. Dune? Dunn? <laughs> yeah, Dune? Dune? Yeah, Dune? Dunn? Okay, we're done talking Dunn. about this? <laughs> but, um, no, he was uh, he was on an episode of Frasier, I remember, where he was in a oh, wheelchair and always talked about barbecue. Oh, I remember that episode now. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Then I've seen, yeah, I've seen all of Frasier. Huh. Fun show. And, like, he's he's been in a, a bunch of... Little things is like small parts, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's basically what I saw from his filmography when I was looking at it. Because I was like, he must be in other stuff. He's fucking like, he's so funny in this movie. Oh, he was in How House of Lies. he not a huge star? With uh, Kristen Bell. I don't remember him being in there. Oh, he was the boss. Okay, you know what? Yep, he was the boss. I remember. Uh, now I remember. Because he's crazy in that show. He was in. Like, yeah. crazy. He was in Damages. I never saw that one. I didn't either. Yeah, he's definitely done some. Not, maybe not massive successes, but he's been in plenty of stuff. He was on Law and well, Order. Well, good for him. I just like I, I, I thought he was great. Um, I think he like he's my favorite part of this oh, movie. Oh yeah, for sure. like when the Jack character shows up, I'm like, this fucking shit's gold. Like, he just talks down to him and gives him shit all the time. And like, I know you think it's skeezy but when he's talking about the girl he had the the hots right. for or whatever. She doesn't have a choice. Yeah, like that was weird. But like when he comes, when he visits him in the hospital, and he's just like bemoaning the fact that she fucked somebody else after his funeral. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, he's that just was so very crushed funny. by he was so, it. Like, so fucking funny. Oh, uh, that's the only, like, of course, like, that's the only thing he's thinking about <laughs> at his own funeral. He's like, the girl I like fucked somebody else. Like, I'm dead, but I'm more worried about this girl that I had the hots yeah. for mm-hmm. fucking somebody else. <laughs> so funny. All right. So at this point, transforms and we get kind of like the end sequence of the movie where cops show up and chaos ensues this sequence is just fun at this point it is a little like it's hard to follow in spots i think Mm. sometimes like it's edited very frenetically but i think that's probably on purpose and i like the idea that absolutely ultimately just the chaos that ensues like the all the cars crashing into each other and shit 
causes more fatalities than the actual werewolf does. I feel like that's very much urban horror. Yeah, no, that makes it, it makes sense, right? Because people would start to panic when they saw yeah. the monster, especially mm. in, a, in an environment like Piccadilly Circus. Like you're right downtown in yeah. London, like you're locked into an urban environment, and all of a sudden this like fucking monster show shows up. It's like, well, yes. let's get the fuck out of here. His transformation there was very sudden too. Well, they cut away from yeah. it. Yeah, like they he he starts to transform, and like they just they go to something else, and then come back, and he's basically like killed everybody that's in the theater with him. So, mm. I'd be curious if the people who died in the accident, like as everything started to like fall apart and like, like people were getting run over and John Landis himself gets put through a plate glass window. because <laughs> yeah. He's that guy. Uh, that's his. I cameo did see that. Yeah. Like do all those people count towards his, like would they all show up the next night to give him shit? I, that's like, that's what I'm curious about is the only the people he like fucking murders himself. Directly, yeah. yeah. Or is it like, Oh, he caused this chaos. So like these, I mean, he's responsible for it, I guess in theory, but well, in the end, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter because at this point, yeah, he gets out, he escapes into an alley where he has the wolf. This is where they finally show the wolf and it's not no. the best looking model. And he has, and Alex sees him. What weirds me out about this is the cops shoot him like with her in between them and the wolf. Yep. So like they must have like one shot around her technically, which is like very unsafe. They're all bullseyes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like that, uh, that fucking, oh, that shitty movie from a few years ago where they can like bend their bullets or whatever. Oh, the fucking want the wanted movie. <laughs> yeah, the wanted movie. Oh, that was the oh, fuck, disappointment. Like, I love that comic. But fuck, Guys, all the police are Mr. Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> Susan <laughs> Smiths, you mean? The, this is a yeah, this is a backdoor uh, Matrix, Matrix prequel pilot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all Mr. Smiths. Well, they have they call people werewolves in the sequels, right? They're just fucked up programs, but they do call them werewolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. There is lore in the Matrix stuff where werewolves and vampires are just fucked up programs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. It is. There is a thing. God, why do I know so much about the Matrix sequels? I actually like the Matrix sequels. I like the I like the fight scenes in some of them, but the story is pretty fucked up and kind of. They're not as good as the first one, but I, I like that series as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. We should do an episode at least like maybe do a bonus like you and I talk about the Matrix movies because like that's. I've watched them. Yeah, but do you like them enough to like sit there and listen to me watch, try to watch figure out three movies and the animatrix right. why am I, yeah why am I fighting? <laughs> and then like try and figure out why tim actually likes the, the sequel movies that are basically maligned by everybody um like i don't hate right. them why am i fighting for this? yeah i don't know this episode yeah see this is a bonus episode there you go i'm just trying to find ways to de-stress you christy you're right thank you there, <laughs> but that's basically the end of the movie so that's american werewolf in london uh, what did you like about this movie like where are we at here i guess we should just do kind of closing thoughts yeah Let's do it. Let's wrap this up. So what did you like? What did you hate? Give it a rate and review. uh, And then we'll finish up here. So Christy, why don't we start with you? I would give it probably a 6.5. Holy shit. That's very low. You're a blasphemer and uh, you're off the podcast. No, 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 no. Listen to my reasoning. Okay. Story wise, we talked about it. It's a little all over the place sometimes. Mm -hmm. And though the... I had a, a hard time liking the characters after that first scuzzy scene. It's probably because of me being a woman, but I thought some of the... No, your silly emotions. My, you know what? Actually, no. I retract. I would give it a seven. I will give it a seven. I did enjoy right. it. I had a lot of fun with it. I thought the effects were great. They lost me on the final werewolf. It was like, bleh. And the, I love you. I love you. I was like, bleh. And then like <laughs> random kids. And there were a couple of things I was like, why are these here? But Overall, I think it's like it's a fun movie and it's funnier than I remember being. I enjoyed that it was like a bit tropey, but still had really creepy elements to it. Cool. But like 
the makeup and practical effects were outstanding for the time. And I think they still like mm-hmm. some of them, like the uh, neck t- uh, torn out on Jack still holds true and holds up today. Yeah, agreed. So, oh yeah, yeah. I think overall, like, yeah, I'll give it a seven. Would you watch it again? I would watch it again. I would. Um, I would watch it again probably in another year, maybe next Halloween. Yeah. That's Mark's pick for next year is just an American Werewolf in London again. <laughs> yeah, every, every year we're going to do American Werewolf. What do you think yeah, about it now? <laughs> uh, no, that'd be something I would do with Ghostbusters or something like that. Something I'm like, I'm like genuinely obsessed with. So. Yeah. Every year, yeah. Awesome, Tim. I'm going to go like an 8 out of 10, but I will say before I sat down to watch it, I thought that I would probably have given it a higher rating. But I mean, I I am super fucking here for the practical effects there. This is one of the if I had to pick like, you know, one of my top three movies or something like that for practical effects. This is probably one of them just for that transformation for the stuff with Jack in particular. They do an excellent job of capturing a sense of place and really making you feel like this movie like is written like these people are English people. You are in that English countryside. You are in London. And I, I'm always a big fan of movies that do that really well, where they the setting is part of the story, is really well integrated, almost its own character in the story. But a lot of the humor didn't hold up for me, didn't age as well as I thought it would. It's a little questionable in the Me Too era, you know what I mean? Some of the jokes, so. Yeah. The pacing in some places gets pretty kind of janky, and there were some areas where I was like, all right, all right, let's get to the next thing. This mm. is kind of just drug out. And I was sort of feeling that in the... in david's first series of of nightmares i was like all right i get it he's fucked up in the head let's just move on and the the songs the use of the songs was really heavy-handed and did not work for oh, me oh see that's funny because i actually i meant to talk about was the music i really liked the music yeah i was gonna like that was like the, the one thing i didn't i had in my ending notes is that like, i like the way the music is like treated in this like i i like it's on the nose but like as a like it's almost like a comedy beat in the way they use it where it's like they keep leaning into this like moon imagery over and over again. Yeah. Part of it too, was that there were scenes where it was just overpowering. Like it was just to the point where there was actually like dialogue and you couldn't hear it because they were like, Hey, listen to this song. It's about moons. Do you get it? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get it. <laughs> and so, but I said, it's about moon. Yeah. Overall still really enjoyed it. It's still an absolute classic. It's just maybe not, the level of classic that I had previously placed it at in my personal, you know, sort of inventory of classic horror movies, but still eight out of 10, still, still a classic. That's fair. I did. Um, I really loved the music. I, I really did. Yeah. And it's funny because we went the whole way through and I didn't mention the music. You think I would have brought it up, but yeah, I did have it in my notes. Like I, I like the way they use that. Cause it's like, it's so on the nose, but like everything, like I like this movie a lot. Like I always give this movie a nine out of 10 and I will still give it a nine out of 10. Like I think it's a fucking awesome movie. Like, even its weird quirks, I find charming. Like, there's something about it where, like, even the weird pacing or, like, the weird cutaways to them, like, dealing with that little Indian kid or all this stuff that doesn't seem to track properly in the flow of the movie. I'm like, I'm fine for it. I'm here for it just because it kind of adds character to everything that's going on around, like, the story. It's also one of those situations where, like, this is something that you've watched since you were young yeah. and therefore are willing to give it a pass. And we've, oh, absolutely. We all, we all have those. Like, we've all identified those yeah. in doing the podcast. Absolutely. Um, and this is totally one of those movies for me. Like, I just love this movie. Like, like I still laugh. I mean, I know it's all fucking gross and, like, inappropriate. I still laugh at all the jokes in here. Like, they haven't aged well, but, like, I'm still like, ha, ha, ha. 
he's kind of date rapey. I don't know yeah. why I find that as funny as I yeah. used to, but why am I laughing at that? Yeah. Why am I laughing at it? But I did cause <laughs> some piece of shit, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I still laugh at it cause I don't know. I've laughed at it my whole life. So it just, it still seems funny to me. And it's, I think I'm more laughing at me laughing at it than I am laughing at the actual joke. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so eight, like nine out of 10 for me, this is a classic. I recommend everybody go watch it. I think you got to kind of, you have to experience that transformation sequence and that first kill sequence. I think it's just like the best werewolf representation ever put the film. Like this is like my favorite werewolf movie. Not that I'm like a big werewolf fan per se, cause whatever, but like, I love this movie. So yeah, that's kind of it. It's fun. Yeah, that's why I'm not, I don't, I'm not expecting you guys to like, I'm not <laughs> trying to turn your guys fucking opinions around. It's not a big deal to me. I don't care what you think. <laughs> think what you want. It's awesome. Like I did, I did personally, I enjoyed it. I yeah. just, um, yeah. All right, uh, that's kind of it for us for Halloween this year. That was a fun four episodes. Uh, of course. Uh, it's time for Geek Cred. That idea, Mark. Credit where credit. Thank you. I know it was, uh, well, I was like, we got to do something for Halloween. And like, we, we, I felt like we struggled through last year's as we were trying to come up with topics. I'm like, this gives us an easy way to get topics for four weeks. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything <laughs> through October. So that's, that's pretty true. cool. So I'm up to host next. Uh, we're not done. Let's, uh, why don't we talk about that when we're not on air? No, I want everyone to know about our process. <laughs> All right, you want to fucking like show them, show them, everybody. yeah, show them how the how the fucking sausage is made, right? We'll decide yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I thought you'd rather do geek cred um, since that's right. your segment. That's my segment. segment. Yeah, Fine. so it's geek cred time. Geek cred time. Geek cred. We don't have a sting for that yet, do we? Not really. You basically don't really have a sting for anything. You just make it up every week. So like, how does dare it matter? you? We can be prepared. Yeah, no. Chris, Christy, and I rehearsed those for hours you before. Yeah. Where, yeah. where do you get? Where off? Do you, are you some fucking amateurs or something? Yeah. What do you think? We just we just do that on the just spot. Wing this? Well, who are you? <laughs> What's your geek cred, Christy? <laughs> Jesus Christ! My geek cred would be go play the remounted version of Crash Bandicoot, the series. <laughs> how about, You're the how only Mark? person that still likes. My recommendation is that you not do what Chrissy just told you to do, <laughs> no, and that you fun. instead go and get Red Dead Redemption Two, which is like okay. amazing. Here's the thing: I'm sure Red Dead Redemption Two is amazing. I have to wait for Red Dead Redemption Two, so I'm filling my time by other uh, means. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Yeah, my mark. My mark hates Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, as well he should, because it's a fucking right terrible game. Me, so you don't like yeah. that much of Sonic, of right? Or d- who? Who me? No, my mark. He's talking to her. Yeah. Oh, three and a half hours. But um, no, I uh, I still really love it. Warped is my favorite, and it's a beautiful system. And you don't have to shit on my geek credit. It doesn't have to be timely. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the point. Is it doesn't have to be recent. Yeah, it doesn't have to be recent. Fuck off. <laughs> no, it's just a good pick up and put back down. Like if you need a de stressor, it's a good one without like picking up a shooter because you still get to jump and kill things, but it's in a fun brightly colored way with a mask that goes umbaga. Did you finish Spider-Man? Um, I almost finished it and I haven't had any time to actually play it for long periods of time. So yeah, uh, but I think I'm going to platinum it. I got that fucking nice. drone thing. Nice. The uh, DLC came out. Did it? Friday. Yeah. Mm. The heist one, the black hat stuff came out Friday. I haven't played it yet. This weekend was a shit show, so I haven't really done much, but yeah, that's cool. And I just need one. You said I just need one. Of those. One gold on, on the drones. You need one gold drone and the other two can be silver and you're fine. Oh, good. Is it yeah. the same with the others too? 
No, you got to gold every, the other ones. I think I golded everything, so I feel better. Sorry. If the, you golded everything, you're flying, which means you crushed those drone. You did better on the drone challenges than I did. I got I only golded one. I two golds for droning. Good on you. Not like a motherfucking master. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Those things were shitty. Like They were tough. They sucked. Tim, you cred. Uh, let's see. I'm going to keep this Halloween themed because this is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, this past weekend, or last weekend at this point, Alicia and I went and did Netherworld in Atlanta, which is the biggest haunted house in this area. And one that always gets like national attention and was really great. So my recommendation is if you like scary movies, if you like Halloween, then, and you've never done it before, go find a haunted house or some other local scare near you and patronize it because it's basically independent theater type thing that you're supporting. And I'm just a fan of that, that sort of local local art i suppose Ooh. nice all right for me um i think this might be kind of spoilers but i think i'm going to recommend that everybody go watch daredevil so they're up to date when we review it probably in the next couple of weeks so we could do that next week i think i'll be ready. nice daredevil spoilers <laughs> there you go go watch daredevil so you're ready for our next episode because that's going to be an hour and a half of me gushing about how much i love daredevil <laughs> yes it was solid spoilers <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. So that's us for this week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Dance Robot Dance, episode 118. Uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. So I'm Mark. I've been here with Tim. Say goodnight. Good night. Hope it's not a full moon. And Christy. <laughs> Blue moon. <laughs> There's like eight versions of that fucking song in the movie. Yeah, it's awesome. It is, it's true. <laughs> and then the the one, the and the most on the nose song they could have put in there, they didn't because Amer- our uh, Werewolves of London is not in there. Yeah, it came out three years. Um, was Bad Moon Rising? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember. Bad, it's yeah. playing as he's getting antsy before he transforms. Right. Yeah, and then yeah, Blue yeah, Moon yeah, plays right. while he's transforming. Anyway, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yep, it's in there. Goddamn right. All right. Uh, so Christy said good night. I guess. I yeah, I did. Bye. All right, there you go. All right, we hope you have a great and hopefully kind of spooky week this week. Have a happy Halloween. Uh, we're out of here. Good night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Bye. Stay spooky. Oh, Mark posted that <laughs> yesterday.